Transatlantic Theater Podcast. I am your host, Marcos Rodriguez, and I'm here with my co-host... Oscar Reese Freeman. Hello. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I need a British accent now, I think. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, no, you're Freeman. That's like, that's not really British, is it? It's, it's no, it's, it's, well, it is British. It's, well, I mean, it's... It's um, you know coming from coming from like America. Every time I hear Freeman, I just yeah. think, oh, okay, your family was once in slavery or some shit. That, you know? That's basically all. That's basically all it means in the UK as well. <laughs> what really? Yeah, I didn't know that because I mean slavery being like in the it, slavery was just a very different beast in the US. Yeah, was, yeah, I know it's in, not in like ex- I know it's not exclusive yeah. to the US, but I didn't know that they had the same idea essentially in the yeah, UK basically. as they did in the US when after they were freed they were like well we need a, a name for our family because well I think know, the answer is that. that I it's I'm either one of my family members I uh, probably the paternal side given the fact that that's how names get passed down in in our society yeah um, someone on that side was either a slave and then wasn't anymore, mm-hmm. or I think there's a possibility it was a Freemason thing, but I I don't I don't think that would be the case. <laughs> that would be interesting, though. It would be, but yeah, my fa- I mean, considering paternal side, uh, um, my family are from like fucking what's the place called Nottingham. That's so, it. so your dad was a slave. Yeah, my dad was a slave, <laughs> a slave to capitalism. <laughs> <coughs> Jesus. Reese, gotta get in that Marxist theory early. You know? Yep, there's there's a movie. Speaking of that, there's a movie I really want to suggest. That's um, <clears throat> from the 1940s, I think. Okay. Um, so it's like right up your alley, obviously, because it's from that era. <laughs> but okay. um, yeah, it, it's a movie that's kind of like that. It kind of critiques. Um, <clears throat> it it critiques. <clears throat> God damn it! I'm sorry uh like socialism in a way but okay more so talks about how capitalism is better i don't know it's like it's really weird i want to watch it um i first stumbled across it uh when i was watching a video about light bulbs of all things okay because there's actually a very interesting story regarding light bulbs um do you mind if I go into it? <laughs> I mean, go, yeah, no, I, I mean, right, you can't cool. just leave it at like somehow there's a tie between yeah. light bulbs and capitalism you know, <laughs> and economic f- philosophical ideals. So you know that light bulb in uh, in that firehouse here in America that's been going for like hundreds of years? No, you've never heard of the old. I'm not aware of that. No. Oh, okay. So I thought it was a pretty common story. I'd say. Um, but anyway, so there's there's this light bulb that's been on for like hundreds of years, right? And so okay. people people have always thought, how come, like the way that it, technology has advanced, how come we don't have light bulbs that just last forever yet? <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so when you think about that question and you go back to the when the light bulb was invented and how it kind of progressed um, technologically. Uh, you see light bulbs go from lasting i think the first light bulb was literally lit for like 10 seconds something like that okay because they were using a hair or something as the filament so burned out quite quickly well they ended up using more advanced metals and materials to make it last longer and longer and longer and keeping it in a vacuum makes it last longer and blah 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 yeah 
Well, as the technology advanced, the bulbs started lasting longer and longer and longer. And because of that, major companies and corporations started seeing less and less profit. So So it's literally like the iPhone theory. Yeah. Like they make them break. Exactly. Planned obsolescence. Yeah. Exactly. Except this was done way back before, you know, that was even really a fucking a thought you know that yeah this before the depression planned obsolescence was like no one ever thought about doing that that's why they always say oh the old stuff always lasts so much longer than the new stuff (laughs) that's because back then planned obsolescence wasn't a common thing they were trying to push things to be as durable as possible so that they can have the best product nowadays it's not really like that it's kind of like in the middle uh Mm -hmm. every product has wear items but the whole product as itself will probably last you a good time but they yeah. still have parts that you're going to have to replace so that the company... And you also have, like, <laughs> with with the variety in the market, you have, you have the, the cheapest items that yeah. are made to just break quite easily, so you buy them again, yeah. and you have the more expensive ones that are, that are like, oh, well, we hold ourselves to a higher standard where we make sure that the items in this won't break down. Yeah, and then they just charge you for, like, subscription fees or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, so, Edison... Um, mm-hmm. GE, well, General Electric, I think was Edison, some, something like that. Well, GE, like all the major electrical companies in the entire world saw this problem mm-hmm. happening. So they formed like this little trifecta of like manufacturers from Japan, manufacturers from Germany and Europe and manufacturers from America all got mm-hmm. together and met up somewhere in Europe and held these secret meetings to discuss how they are going to fix this issue about their bottom line dropping every year because they're making bulbs yeah. that are becoming longer lasting. We're just too good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they came up with a couple of things in this. It was called the, uh, <clears throat> it was called like the something cartel. It was like a weird name for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird name for they it. They called themselves a cartel. Well, I don't know if they called themselves the cartel, but that's definitely what they became known as. Okay. Um, they became known as this cartel. The Cartel of Illumination. Yeah, I can't remember the exact name for it. And then they became Illumination Studios. Yeah, and then they became Illumination Studios, and now they've unleashed a plague of minions on the world, and, you know, we cannot survive the future. But anyway, so they formed that cartel, and, you know, there was some good things that came from it. For example, they standardized the the little metal piece at the end of a light bulb. You know how it screws in? Mm -hmm. That's standard pretty much anywhere in the world. That is the fitting, you know? like there's different plugs and wall outlets but the bulbs pretty much all the same in the entire world yeah so it was actually standardized in that cartel meetings that they had well another thing happened in those meetings i'm just having this image of like the meeting of the five families in like the godfather yeah i mean everyone speaks a different language they probably had translators because they were from japan and from you know everywhere it was crazy so they also talked about the bulbs they ended up deciding that they are going to slowly shorten the lifespan every year after that so because at the at the before they had that meeting bulbs began lasting so long to the point where people didn't need to buy them as often well yeah after that cartel you can see the immediate drop like if you look at the history of bulbs in lifespan so of uh, hours that a light bulb will stay lit and so okay. that was all to make sure they keep getting income and make sure they keep getting money so in a way that was one way that capitalism completely hurt 
advancement and growth because the whole, you yeah. know, one of the big, you know, yeah, you know, capitalism is good because it encourages competition, which is encourages innovation, right? That's like one of the yeah. big numbers for capitalism. That's why people like it. Um, but that is one way there is how they totally just kind of fucked themselves <laughs> and it didn't work exactly how they wanted it and, you know, points out some big flaws there. Nowadays, yeah. obviously, we have LED technology, which uh, light bulbs can last for like triple the time of like the best light bulb back in the day. You know, it's just... Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. light bulbs now. Yeah, they, they, they have last. Gotten, yeah. I think the only time I've ever had to replace a light bulb is the it just shorted like randomly. It was like an electrical problem. It wasn't the bulb went out. Yeah. It was something like just a short a freak shortage happened. For me, it's always been, you know, an incandescent, which is mm -hmm. probably what you're going to end up replacing. How many times have you ever replaced an LED bulb? Probably like never. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm going to replace my bulb now, but that's just because uh, it's really bright. And I want the ones where you can change the color because it's cool. Those are cool. Uh, and I like I'm five years old, so <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. So. I like the dimmable ones, yeah. I do like a yeah. dimmable, uh, warm. I don't like the white light. Well, I mean, white light's good for, like, you know, uh, movies and shit but or filming, yeah. but it's terrible to have in your room. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's way too far. Uh, <laughs> do you want to know something that was, like, fucking awful what i i got i got a fucking massive i don't know how we did it as children i don't know if it's just like because i'm older now what are you talking and about? so i went to there's this uh cafe in cardiff okay. uh called something arcade okay it's got a bunch of old video games in it yeah it's because it's got like all it's got like Sega Genesis, N sixty four, like, like SNES's. systems. Wow. Yeah, it has like all the all all these old systems, uh, and like just a bunch of games that you can play through there, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah. However, I walked into the room, and like after about like five or ten minutes of sitting there, I started getting a really bad headache. Uh huh. And I realized it was all the CRT TVs, just in one room. Like they were all like buzzing. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of the screens were, like, flashing a little bit. And it yeah. was, like, kind of catching my eye all the time. Yeah. Compared to, like, the monitor that had the Switch hooked up to it that just looked, like, perfectly fine. Did you, you <laughs> And I was just crazy? like, yeah. Did you know that CRT TVs actually put out a small bit of radiation? Like, ionizing radiation? Oh, great. Yeah, that's why they tell you don't sit too close to the TV. It will actually, over time, probably give you cancer. But it'll take a long time for it to do Cool. That. Well, I'm hoping that one uh, one occasion today won't do that. <laughs> no, it won't. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, dude, CRTs. Although I probably, you know, spent enough time in front of it when I was a child. So I, I, any damage was done already. <laughs> dude, TVs have advanced freakishly fast. Like, it's they really insane. Have, yeah. <laughs> when you, Considering like... I'm sitting in front of a 4K monitor that's not even the size of what my 480p fucking CRT TV that I had that was like twice the size of this when i was growing up <clears throat> exactly that's what i'm saying like we grew up with tvs that were like not too far off from the tvs they had in the like 50s yeah. like and i remember that all when, of a sudden when you were when we were growing up like yeah. uh the tv at your aunt's house was like it was huge yeah but it was a massive crt oh, that shit was and it was heavy. like impossible to move yeah that shit was so and damn heavy didn't your aunt, like, constantly want to rearrange the yes, living room? Yes, all the time. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. It was such a heavy TV. It's fucking heavy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now me and I my wife just are like... here lifting a 65-inch, just two of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing. And you're like, it's fine. It's fine. 
We don't, you're like, I don't need your help for the weight. I just need your help because of the size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just awkward to carry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, TV technology, like I said, from when we were kids, the CRTs we had were not too far off from TVs in the 50s. And that was like yeah. 50 years the TV has been out. And then you go from like 2000 to like 2010, 10 years, all of a sudden TVs have advanced like like quadruple the amount of times it was yeah. before. <laughs> I don't know how the hell. I guess it was just, oh, you know, it had to have been LED technology. I guess it really just took off because that's exactly what happened. Because mm. instead of using a tube inside of a TV, uh, which is, you know, what produces that radiation that I was talking about, um, yeah. and shoots the, the the image onto the uh, onto the screen essentially. Uh, yeah. They now just use diodes, light emitting diodes on the back, and like a backlight, and just kind of make it all work like that. <clears throat> so it was LEDs that really took the next step in terms of yeah. everything. <laughs> I do like my LEDs. Yeah, yeah. how they look and how they don't hurt <clears throat> my face. But yeah, yeah, no, like by the end of it, like, and I was I was with somebody, so I was did want to be like. Hey, can we go? Because this this room's giving me a headache. Because I thought that'd be like fucking lame. So yeah, it would be kind of lame. I was just sitting there, kind of <laughs> yeah. dealing with it. Uh-huh. That was kind of the answer to it. Yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. It's a good place to be, but mm-hmm. you know, it just it was just a weird thing to realize. Like, I was like, what is it? Because I'm not used to it anymore. Probably that that it bothers me because i mean like clearly that probably happened to all the tvs when i was growing up Mm -hmm. i was just like maybe used to it i guess yeah yeah or was it that the fact that there was like 20 in one room (laughs) do you remember um going up to those tvs and like just them being really fucking staticky yeah yeah, I miss those days. I, I used to like touching it and like make it. In. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't touch it. I'd like put my arm next to it and watch like my hairs like start like going toward it. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. And now I'm like finding out that years later, it's probably like giving myself arm cancer. Arm cancer. No, no, no. It's very small. It's very small. Like I said, it's, it's probably not going to give you cancer unless you were strapped to it for like years. But yeah. You know. Yeah, that's why they say don't sit strapped too close. to it for years. Well, also, if you're, uh, I you're... mean, should we should we sit here and calculate the amount of, the amount of time that I spent playing Spider Man Two, the video game? Well, hold on, hold on. It, it also has to do with distance. The farther you are okay. away from the source, the like, it's called the um, I think it's called like what is it called? It's called like the goddamn the far away TV effect. No, I'm gonna hate myself that i don't know this because this is important <laughs> with my i'm just job. waiting for you to hate yourself already so yeah it's like it's not called the rule of fourths or the rule of thirds i think it might be the rule of thirds or something like that the rule that, of thirds is for that's, camera that's cameras work. yeah yeah um so it's not that it's something else uh i can't fucking remember to save my life anyway it, it talks about how the further you are away from something it exponentially decreases so oh. that's essentially what it is. I just can't remember the name. Oh of that shit! Rule. Yeah, what is that called? Yeah, but anyways, same same idea. With... Exponential degradation? No, no, it's called a rule of something. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so the further away you are from something, it exponentially decreases, Oof. and uh, so since you're like being a foot away from something 
versus being two feet away, you're going to be like yeah. four times as safe being two feet away yeah. as opposed to one. Well, what you're saying is yeah. putting my arm up to the TV, I was four times more likely to give myself arm cancer. <laughs> compared to, yeah, compared to two feet away or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you, the regular distance that you were probably playing video games at, you were probably fine. Yeah. You probably yeah. weren't going to get cancer. <laughs> but if you were like literally eyeballs on TV, you might, you might develop something yeah we'll, we'll give it a couple of years to find out yeah <laughs> but um i forgot what i was gonna say other than that um because i i mean i don't i don't know how long we should wait or whether or not we should just jump straight into this movie i mean i like kind of talking about you know old technology Random and TVs. yeah because I, <clears throat> I was yeah. originally talking about that uh so yeah, I was the light bulb, that light bulb uh, saying that yeah. socialism is great i was i was wa- watching that light bulb documentary and they were talking about how the advancement of technology is somehow mm-hmm. bad for capitalism um, yeah. because then people will make less money or it'll put workers out. For example, I think the biggest modern version of that is robotics taking over workers on assembly lines. Yeah, um, That's the modern version of that. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's this movie from the 1940s that essentially – takes that story it's about a guy uh, are we gonna watch this on the podcast or are we gonna because i don't want to spoil the documentary no it's a movie we, it's the movie from the 1940s that kind oh of i mean i don't feel like we're probably going to okay 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 then I'll tell i you. wasn't gonna recommend it after you were like there's a movie from the 40s. no 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 i, no, no, like, I didn't oh. think you were gonna recommend it if anybody <laughs> yeah. was gonna recommend it it'd probably be me but i mean um, it, then the, the question comes down to you then are we gonna watch it or do you want to spoil it well i'm asking how interested are you in it uh i'm not someone who thinks that spoilers ruins a movie so okay, you cool, could tell cool, me cool, cool. and I'll uh i'll still like probably enjoy a movie i'll probably so. recommend it like when we, we can forget. should we, we should, i want to talk about that as well like yeah. your opinion on that because i have a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of people who disagree with me on that uh-huh uh like talking about spoilers ruining a movie yeah okay so i don't i think it all depends if the only you can, thing well you can finish talking about the the documentary thing or the, the oh yeah the, the, the light bulb thing first yeah. yeah so so anyways the 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 story the behind that movie from the 1940s that kind of yeah. criticizes the advancements of technology <laughs> because yeah. it puts workers out anyway <clears throat> this man invents a suit that okay. never has to be cleaned and it always okay. stays clean and it's and it can't even can't even be any other color than white because it can't even be stained using ink or whatever you know genius love it so it's like insanely you know the best suit the only suit you'll ever need the last suit Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life well he creates this suit tries to sell it thinks he has an amazing genius idea you know you no longer have to pay to get it cleaned at the dry cleans you don't have to worry about all this other so like in theory it sounds like an awesome amazing idea and invention yeah but what it ends up doing is it ends up putting out these workers, these these dry cleaning ladies who now are out on a job. It puts out all these other suit makers who are out on a job. And it just, like, affects the entire market and puts all these people out on a job. And obviously this is, like, super overdramatic. Um, yeah. But in the end, like, all these people, like, I think they, like, beat his ass and, like, destroy his clothing. <laughs> and anyways, it's just a statement to say, like, oh, yeah. sometimes the advancement to technology is bad, <laughs> you know? And, Which... You know, I mean, I agree with to an extent. I think that's a... I think... Is this movie... I don't understand. Are you saying this movie is for or against capitalism? It is for capitalism. 
But surely the movie is just pointing out that due to capitalism, you can't advance technology because um, because there isn't an ability to give people a living wage regardless of whether or not there's a market for a specific skill set that they have. Yeah. Um, so or kinda... to give them time to reiterate into a different marketplace. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, it's interesting in how it tries to convey its message. It does sound like it's kind of like, well, yeah. you know, capitalism's the problem, you know? Yeah. But it is for capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all about... Um, you know, having having making sure all these people have their jobs and that they can still do what they need to do and all that. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it'd be it'd be interesting to watch for sure. I think I would like to watch it because I'm probably doing a shit job explaining it. To be honest, <laughs> like let's not lie here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting to watch because I would like to hear your opinion on it as well. Mm-hmm. Like once you actually get the full picture of the story, because I might be giving a shit perspective. Also. The manner in which I was showed the clip of this movie and this explanation in this movie was to further a point from a dude for, you know, this other situation. So he was probably saying it or describing it in a way that would benefit his uh, storyline in his documentary about light bulbs. Mm -hmm. So if I were to watch it apart from that, I might get a different idea or opinion than the guy who was showing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing I like about art in general. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, spoilers. Yes, spoilers. Your opinion on them. I think that if the movie, if the only point of the movie is to tell the story, and it doesn't mm-hmm. do, like, a super good job at anything else, then yeah, I think spoilers kind of suck. Um, because if the whole movie is about having a plot that has a twist or something at the end, and you show mm-hmm. that twist, or you do the plot, then you kind of you kind of don't get to have that suspense. You know, it it takes away suspense, and I like suspense. So if the movie is really trying to utilize suspense, then yeah, I would say spoilers might ruin the movie. Okay. Especially if the whole point of, like, the first half of the movie is a build-up, you know? Yeah, so I think we'll get into it. We'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Mulholland Drive... Is a, is a compelling example as to why spo- like why spoilers why you should never spoil something. Dude um, I don't even think like there's only one way you could spoil Mahalan Drive, but it would it, yeah, that is a good example of why you shouldn't yeah. spoil like However, do not spoil Mahalan Drive. Yeah. <laughs> My go to answer for like uh for for spoilers is mm-hmm. the first few lines of romeo and juliet is uh the the from what is it from forth the fatal loins of these two foes a pair of star-crossed lovers take their lives yeah so we already know the end it and it's a it's a so i use this example on somebody and they kind of didn't really like that i was using this example because um it it's it's hard for us as people who were born 400 years after this story has been written <laughs> to talk about it without spoilers because it's inherently already spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't ruin the story at all. But I don't think it ruins the story. No, no, it doesn't. I think the movie is really well done because of the fact that the story is kind of it it doesn't care that you've the, the story's already spoiled. The mm-hmm. ride is the really good bit. Exactly, yeah. See, in some movies, it's about that. Other movies yeah. is all about that 
that twist or that end, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it all depends on the movie. It really does. Or it depends on the, the whatever you're watching, you know? Yeah. It all depends. Sometimes just knowing the end and like, okay, that's fine. But now we get to really see how the hell they get there. It's kind of like, you know, that it's that old trope where it's like, some crazy event happens and then all yeah. of a sudden it screeches to a halt and it freeze frames and it's like, my name is Charlie. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, let me tell you. <laughs> I started doing tons of cocaine. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and everybody thought it was hilarious. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, so in order to start this story, we have to start way back in 2015. You know, just like stupid shit like that. But yeah. That's, that's and then like weird. somehow we're like, even though the story technically starts in like December of 2017. Yeah. Uh, it it's not till like the last like 10 minutes where we're still like still in 2015 where they have to like catch up. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that laughs> They're like fuck. Uh, two years need to pass by really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like fucking stupid shit like that. But anyway, like. It, yeah, the adventure is getting to that point. You want to know how the hell it gets yeah. to that point. Because, you know, that's what we're curious about in Romeo and Juliet. It's like, how yeah. the hell does it even get to that point? And now so, you get to experience it. <laughs> here's where uh, I think I'll segue a little bit into the film. Okay. So, massive spoiler warning for Dude, yeah. Drive. If you have not seen this movie, <laughs> go watch it. Go watch it very... I'm even willing to say... Uh, Please pause this. Go watch the movie. I think Come this back. movie is the most, uh, the most David Lynch movie. It's the most David exists. Lynch film I've seen. Yeah, it is <laughs> even more than Eraserhead. Oh, I love Eraserhead though. I really do. But it's I yeah. I I like Eraserhead. I like this a lot more than Eraserhead for me personally. Uh, um, I would probably say I like this a little more than a racer head but they're just two different they're just two mm-hmm. different movies to me so yeah like two very very different movies so it all depends on like what mood am i man <laughs> yeah but my my main point with this film mm-hmm. is and i because i said it to, to my roommate like right after i finished the movie mm-hmm. i was like i just realized because obviously so I, this is the second time i've seen it mm-hmm. and i'm actually a little upset that i took this long to rewatch it yeah i need to rewatch this movie is... at least three more times at least yeah. but it was also like i started the movie i was like i kind of forgot like every like yeah all the like there's a lot of little things that i'd forgotten about mm-hmm. like i completely forgot about the like subplot of you know the trying to uh, get the actress hired yeah like through like nefarious means i completely uh i forgot billy ray cyrus is in the fucking Dude, movie <laughs> i had to pause it and luckily you know, amazon <laughs> when you pause on the screen yeah. it shows you who's on screen and because yeah. me and hannah were like is that is that billy ray cyrus <laughs> and then i paused yeah. it and it fucking was like what the hell I was but like, what shit. i love about this film is that it's two hours um no it's two hours it's actually only two and a half hours long. Oh, okay. but it's it's a two hour it's two hours of a plot that actually is meaningless, and thirty minutes explaining to you what the fuck that thirty minutes actually meant, <laughs> or but, what that past two hours actually meant. But it's not actually meaningless, though. No, it's not meaningless. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it's not like none of it's real. The first two hours isn't real. Yeah. And then it's thirty minutes going. So, would you like to know why all that made? like was a thing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and even still it was like 
kind of hitting me so like the the thing I like about this movie a lot is mm-hmm. that on your yeah. first watch and because you've seen it before I feel like you yeah. probably didn't get this but you might have gotten okay. it on your first watch it is such a, an abrupt like change I, I feel like yeah. I pretty much have whiplash yeah. when it happens when it all happens when when the illusion stops I feel like I'm actually having whiplash because I'm like trying to catch up like okay what what is happening now okay that's oh, what I'm like still trying to fucking yeah. like you know wrap my head around it and it's just like oh yep we don't care if you got it or not we're going and I'm like yeah, shit like, 2 hours and 15 minutes in you find out what the fuck that dance sequence was at the beginning yeah 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 well <laughs> yes actually yeah yeah, that dance because she never states before that that she she won a won, dance competition like a dance competition. You yeah. just, I mean, you can infer it from it. Yeah, that's what I think is so great about David Lynch. Is somehow in a scene that's the most like fucking strange, bizarre thing that your eyes are watching. Yeah, it was a weird. What opening. looks like a Tim and Eric fucking skit <laughs> happening Tim in front Eric. of your eyes. Tim and Eric skit, yeah, kind of like it looks like that, and then you you but you're able to still go okay. So she's clearly like I like. Uh, my first watch, I was like, oh, she got made prom queen or something. Like, you get, like, the idea that she's, like, you know, she won something and she was probably important. It's the same, like, because it is is tropey of, like, somebody who was a big shot in their small town Mm -hmm. and was now like, well, if I'm fucking the best here, then I'm gonna go. I just just go to L.A. Yeah, and see if I could do anything there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and then just little things that are so... You know, great about the the movie that that just are so much of like that feeding that that kind of psychosis that she has of that where she's like, you know, clearly um, in her head, she's like, well, the only reason I didn't get the part is because somebody somebody wanted that other person to get the part. and They threatened the director to not give it to me. That's what happened. Cause they that uh, that's why I didn't get the everything. Part. They had to give it to conspiracy. Yeah, everything yeah. becomes a conspiracy and like it's not. Like, she has to justify it in her own head, mm-hmm. uh, the reasons why things didn't yeah. go the way that she planned on. So. And the, like, the girlfriend of the guy, of the director, like, not his wife, the girlfriend, where, like, you can see in her head, she's like, oh, I bet you he cheats too. Like, he just, you know he's a cheater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just leads to just her in her own head, like, trying to justify, like, all the shit that she's doing. Yeah. And, like, everything that's happening. Yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely, movie needs to be watched, like, two or three times, at least, to really catch up on all these little details, though, for sure. Yeah. Because I remember there was a scene, you remember that scene that just kind of seems and feels very fucking random until, like, the end of the movie? Uh, Are you talking about the cat, the Winkies scene? Uh, The Winkies. Winkies, what do you mean by... The, what scene are you talking about? Yeah, I think we're talking about the same scene. You're, the Winkies diner is scene. the name of the diner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That scene, the one yeah. where the dude's sitting there talking to, who I couldn't tell was either a cop or his therapist, and they were just meeting yeah. in a weird location because it was part of his, you know, therapy. Um, yeah. But God. Well, the answer was it was two people she'd seen before recently in a place that she'd been in recently. Well, no, that that wasn't because it's all. The, yeah, yeah, we found out. Yeah, why the, that they, we find out why later. Why they're used. but the yeah, but yeah. in the, the scene it makes no sense. <laughs> but later we just find out it's just because she's dreaming and it's two people she's seen recently in a spot she's been in recently. But if you really pay attention were. to the details, the mm-hmm. for example, um, in continuity, not in continuity. Um, 
is that a word? Am I correct? The continuity error? Yeah, yeah, the continuity errors. Um, where you see him look down at the table, you know, he didn't eat his breakfast and there's food all yeah. on the table. He camera goes to the other shot, all of a sudden the table is completely clean, coffee cups are turned over, like almost the yeah. table was never even used, like they didn't even sit at it. So yeah. there's like all these little tiny things that you know for a fact David Lynch would not have that kind of an yeah. error. Not unless it was trying to tell you that something is off about this scene, you need to pay attention to it. This yeah. is something that is trying to tell someone something. And I don't think it's explicitly trying to tell us, because um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's trying to, trying to I tell... I think it's... Because the whole dream in the beginning is her dream. Yeah. What do you mean? It's her dream. The first her, two hours is her dream. Yeah, it's yeah. her dream. She's it's dreaming her for two hours. That's yeah, it. so I think her dream is trying to tell her something to, like, that it is a dream, you know? Well, I think it, it's not so much of maybe the dream trying to tell her, but I think it is genuinely, like, in a sense of David Lynch um, trying to... So that's the, I think that's the, what... I think nobody else... It sounds really dumb because I feel like a lot of people say these kind of things. Nobody else could have made this movie. No, no one else could have. I mean, if they did, it wouldn't the, be nearly like this. <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah. anything like this. But the the reason why nobody else could have made this movie is because <clears throat> if you know David Lynch, you kind of already are expecting everything to be like, have this dreamlike quality to them. Yeah, exactly. So like the, the beginning of uh, like, Velvet, Blue Velvet. Yeah. So in a weird way, the twist to this movie is that David Lynch's style was actually because it was a dream. <laughs> That's what he likes to do. He likes to take stereotypes and fuck with them so yeah. much. He even took his own stereotype, or not stereotype, yeah. but you know what I mean. He, he took his own um, cliche yeah. and he flipped it upside down on us. Yeah. So it does kind of feel like David Lynch literally saying, like almost, yeah, almost like make, making a twist out of what people expected from him exactly oh so that's what i heard about this yeah is that this movie really? is a movie about expectations and how okay. it kind of fools you in a lot of different ways in a lot of different yeah. scenes um yeah yeah because it is interesting especially the second half of the movie is they're literally you know you're you're over two hours into the film and they're literally reintroducing people to give you the actual context of who they actually are yeah and many times and it's in like what <laughs> Do they tell us that it is a dream? Yeah, you know, especially like, in the diner scene. Or I would like, say the most obvious is is kind of towards the end, the end of the dream, the end of her dream breaking is when, um, yeah. when she goes to that uh, club Silencio, oh, yeah. and he yeah. literally is saying no I, or what is it like a uh, orchestra or banda? Yeah, no I banda. Yeah. So it's like everything's recorded. This is all an illusion. You know, yeah. he's like literally saying it to her. Yeah. And it's like nuts. And that's literally telling you everything that you've seen has been fake. But there's other yeah. instances in the in the And even I love that well. scene because even the second time watching it, I forgot and it got me again of like literally <laughs> he's told you like fifty times he's like, This is all recorded. Nothing's like actually happening yeah. like real from this. Yeah. This is and I think what I get from that is um everything that's been said in the dream mm-hmm. were things that were actually said but she's taking them into the wrong. She's like use. She's like using people as little microphones to repeat things she's heard. Yeah. In the wrong context. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So then, you know, and then the trumpet guy comes out and he's like, ah, guess what? Trumpet guy wasn't even playing. <laughs> Fucking what now, bitch? And then the girl comes out and she starts singing. Yeah. And then when she passes out, even the second time, I was like, oh, that's right. It's all recorded. Like, so, like he, he told he told me five times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so even though the fucking um, even though, you know, it's a, it's a song in Spanish or whatever. And when I put mm-hmm. on my uh, I put on subtitles for the movie because I yeah. like to make sure I hear everything correctly. <laughs> like yeah. Reading. But uh, during the Spanish song, it is not subtitled. So really? I had to actually go and kind of look up a little bit about okay. what the fuck the song was about. Okay, what is it about? It's a song about lovers and loss of a lover, essentially. Okay. So it is reflecting her story, and that's why the women are so fucking emotional during that song. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It all fucking makes sense. Goddamn <laughs> David Lynch yeah. piece of shit. If only I, if only I spoke <laughs> Spanish that well. He's just fucking crazy, man. Everything makes sense in his shit, even though none of it does. It's he's such an insane fucking dude. Yeah. Also, I love the little touch of so she speaks like in the dream, quote unquote Rita. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you just say Rita, but, yeah, I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, Rita can speak Spanish clearly. Yeah. But then when we get to the real world, it's not that she can speak Spanish; it's that Adam speaks Spanish, and so she's projecting this like like the two of them together in her dream. Does he speak Spanish? Yeah, he was speaking Spanish to one of the waiters. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, literally, she's like, has this idea of like, he's influencing her. He's taking over her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think there was a lot of, a lot of things that even in her reality felt like a little interesting, but yeah, that is, that is crazy. Um, Camilla, but, uh, yeah, she definitely looks like a fucking vampire. So it's a good, good name for her. You know what I think is crazy? Yeah. Um, so when I was first watching it, the only character, the only character that made any fucking sense in the movie, like in the beginning. Can I guess? Yeah. The landlady. <laughs> no, the landlady was nice, oh, yeah. though. I, I liked her. Yeah, she was nice. Yeah. But it was actually Adam, the director. Oh, yeah. He was the only dude asking the right questions. Like, what, yeah. what is everyone talking about? <laughs> you know, they're being weird in that fucking uh, casting room. You know? Yeah. And... Which is kind of odd because... You know, if this is all supposed to be taken as, like, her dream, yeah. why is he less villainous? Um, so, I think the reason that he's less villainous is that she was... Oh, well, let me think. Is it because she wants him to? I think it's something like that. It's think I think that she wanted to be desired by him but he was forced to go with Camilla because of the conspiracy behind it. You know? Okay. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't have any ill will or there wasn't really any, like, obvious ill will towards him, except for the fact that, yeah. you know, uh, his wife was cheating on him with Billy Ray Cyrus. You know, I think that was the worst yeah. he got. Also, that was the funniest fucking thing. Yeah, but We don't right. even know if that was real. Um, we no, we know no, that, that was the, the wife cheated. That was in the dream. So we know yeah. that him and his wife left each other in real yeah. life. That's yeah. why he was able to announce his proposal to Camilla. But yeah. um, we don't know anything else about that. See, I think yeah. I think she had less ill will towards the director because she thought he was being manipulated the whole time. That was her justification. He yeah. was being manipulated mm-hmm. by mobsters uh, taking who own all of Hollywood. And he was yeah. also being manipulated sexually by Camilla. Because mm-hmm. she was like, 
telling him to do all that and making sure that she could watch him kiss her. Remember? In, in yeah, the, that that yeah. scene was was like because I I feel like even in the real world scenes we're still seeing things. Yeah, we're still seeing like, things that she's making up. Yeah, yeah. like a hyper over dramatic version of everything. Like I think she's I do just not extreme think jealousy. That, That's what I yeah. think it is. Yeah, I do not think that she kissed that blonde girl or if it was it was probably exactly. like, like maybe a peck on the cheek see i was gonna point but that like out as in well. her head yeah she just sees it as like just this nefarious fucking in in my face really you're gonna do that while i'm sitting right here like that kind of well i was thinking like you know her jealousy has has kind of taken over her so much to the point where even if a person just makes eye contact for a little bit oh they're yeah. fucking you know like that's yeah. how insane her jealousy has has gotten to that point so when that waitress was simply asking her what would you like to eat really quietly you know in her ear she took it as oh they're practically having sex you know yeah Yeah. they're fucking in front of my face exactly so i think some points like for example when the director was uh showing her the audition or whatever or not the audition but uh showing her how to do the 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 lines and and how to act to that actor it, kept, mm-hmm. it was probably like five times more sexual than it probably actually was. Yeah. I mean, exactly. obviously there was something there, though, because they did announce their proposal at the dinner party. Um, but yeah. I, th- I think there was something there. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, I think that just like powered her paranoia. It's not that that's what actually happened. It's that mm-hmm. she's like, see, I was right. I was right. I knew I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but God, this movie was fucking crazy, man. Yeah, I see why they call it his masterpiece. When it was, yeah, when the, when this when it was done, I was like, I'm actually really glad Marcos chose this to talk about because there's a lot to talk about. This there film. is so much to talk about. It's insane. Yeah, like Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have any? Do you have any? So I I've come to the uh, the idea that like the 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 hobo monster lady yeah is an idea of in your dreams you 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 can see who you like how disgusting you really are yeah i was gonna say that because that you, is a reflection when your subconscious of, can just go yeah uh yeah i was gonna say that's a reflection of like uh the part of her that she hates because she ended up mm-hmm. putting that hit out on her girlfriend. I think that's the evil yeah. side of her. That's, that's the badness that exists inside of her. And in this dream, she kind of tries to put herself as far away from that as possible by making her this goody two shoes, like innocent girl, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and sorry, that was my dog being a little fucking bitch, but, uh, did you hear that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, I heard I... you saying that your dog was a bitch. You didn't hear didn't my dog bark? Any... No, I didn't hear your dog bark. Oh, I'm surprised. Okay, anyway. <laughs> okay. Which I will just, just be sound... great because it'll just be... I just sound be like an asshole. Yeah. in a recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's like a reflection of, of like her evil self. And for example, if you go back to that story with that guy, he was talking mm-hmm. about how he never wants to see that outside of his dream. Because if he yeah. sees that face outside of his dream, then it all becomes real. Then that evilness is real. It exists. It is her exactly. in that point. You know? So that's that that was uh, a scene that without... Because was, this is the first time I'd... Or this is the second time I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched it, I felt like... I, I, I'll be honest, I just forgot that scene existed. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it really ties into anything else. Right? Exactly. It's and so then, like... Oh, that's probably my favorite scene, though, is 
that yeah. diner scene with the guy with the two guys because it's so it's so David Lynch dude that whole scene yeah. is like <laughs> it hardcore is. it's like so like what is happening why is this guy's facial expressions so odd and everything feels so weird and off you know like it was just yeah so good love that scene it and it's it's pretty horrifying it kind of is yeah yeah like the suspense like, building up like the the sound yeah. the sound design in this movie really like like even and when it's supposed it, to be happy feels very yeah like not <laughs> yeah like when she's getting to la uh-huh. like it feels like something wrong is yeah like happen. doom and gloom but we're yeah. in a dreamy, happy uh, state. Like, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> it was like the first when I first watched the movie. Like, how much I was like not digging the fact that like the audio was all weird in that airport scene. But yeah. like now I'm like, first off, it's well, it's just one of those like David Lynch things where I'm just like, come on, David, exactly. Let's let's, yeah. let's do a movie the right way for like once, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, a lot of times you feel like that. Like, come yeah. on, David. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, but uh. Yeah, and and that, but now I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm willing to like excuse it because exactly. I know that it's just a part of the thing. That, that's see, that's what I think is so perfect about this film is that it's it's so hardcore him. Like, yeah, no other film it's, has been this him before. <laughs> yeah, like at least not that I've seen. Like, I still need to watch what is it? Uh, Highway Drive, I think. Is that him? Highway Drive. Let's see. Let's take a look at his filmography. Highway Drive. I've got Mulholland Drive here. We'll go to David Lunch. David Lunch. <laughs> David Lunch. No, it's David Lunch. <laughs> um, I don't want writer. Lost Highway. Dir- that's what's. Oh my God! He's directed ninety-eight things. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like a combination. Well, yeah, he also has Twin Peaks that he's done a lot. Yeah. Of. I, okay, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm thinking Lost Highway. Highway. That's the one that I want to watch. Lost Highway. Is that the one about those two people like... I don't know anything about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I, I will know tell you th- this. I know a little bit about it. The actress in the movie Lost Highway, uh, mm-hmm. and Drive, was dedicated to her. Really? Yeah, if you know... I didn't know that... I didn't know she died. I just thought she just wasn't in things anymore. Wow, what? yeah, Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Oh, um, wait, what? This bitch isn't dead, is she? She's dead. She died in 2001. That at like twenty eight. Uh, well then explain how she's in pre production for a TV show now. Maybe it's not her then, uh, but it says <laughs> dedicated to her. Why would he dedicate Mahal and Drive to her if she's not dead? Maybe it's just another David Lynch thing, man. What's her name? Patricia Arquette. Uh, I saw there was a name dedicated to the end, but I didn't clock who it was. Yeah, I don't think that's her. That's not who it's dedicated to. Well, and who's it dedicated to? Hold on, give me a sec. Keanu Reeves' girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Uh, what? <laughs> Keanu Reeves' ex-girlfriend. I'm so confused. Oh, I'm looking at, like, Mulholland... Let's just type. What? Who is Mulholland Drive dedicated after? Jennifer Sign. Jennifer Sign. Jennifer Sign. I think it's just Syme. <laughs> Syme, Syme. And she is... Died oh, yeah, it was Gunnery's uh, former girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in Lost Highway. Oh. Yeah. 
Oof. In a, in a, Jesus, in a fucking car crash. And they put a car crash in the movie. Exactly. There's a lot more here to unpack, man. There's more to this movie than we fucking know. I bet you after watching Lost Highway, we're going to be like, oh. (laughs) Maybe. Well, Lost Highway was 97, so it would have been before that. What do you mean? But is she in the movie? Um, Yeah, she is. She's Junkie Girl. Junkie Girl. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, now I know a little bit about Lost Highway, but just from like uh, a video essay I saw on the on the YouTube's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do want to watch Lost Highway, but uh, just because this movie was dedicated to her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice t- to know a little bit about this shit. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's another David Lynch film, so I'll probably like it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, what? I'll need a little bit of minute. I'll need a little bit of, a little bit of time before I can David Lynch again. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm man. going a goddamn marathon, dude. No, nah, he <laughs> he's definitely a slower paced person for me. Um, I just like how, no matter what I've seen of his, I'm always like, kind of on the edge of my seat, just trying, like, scratching my head, like, okay what's happening now <laughs> like it's such a crazy and then you almost always have to watch everything twice at least yeah that well and that's as we've discussed before on the podcast mm-hmm. why i like david lynch mm-hmm. is he puts a lot of things in in his movies that he that that you can rewatch and get more out of mm-hmm. yeah yeah 100 um, percent I was actually listening to uh, an interview with everyone's favorite author, Germ. Germ? Who the fuck is yeah. Germ? George R.R. R. Martin. Oh, okay. Yeah, also known as Germ. I've never, ever heard that pronunciation. <laughs> it's, uh, it's. I think it's, it might, it might be one specific YouTuber I watch on YouTube. Yeah. Who, when he talks about... Uh, game of thrones episodes and then like if it's one written by him because mm. george would write a few episodes every once in a while yeah and he'd be like "Ooh, this is a germs episode <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so it, I, it was an interview with him where he was like somebody was asking like um a lot of people were shocked i don't know have you, do you know much about did you watch game of thrones did you read the books no okay <laughs> There's a character named Renly Baratheon. Okay. And it's revealed... uh, I think it's revealed probably in... I think it's probably the second book. I don't think it's in the first book. It's in the first season of the show that it's revealed. But I think it's in the second book that it's revealed that Renly uh, is gay. Okay. And somebody was like, Oh, why, why did you, like, wait so long to reveal that? Was it to try and get, like... A reaction or anything like that or like something 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 and he was just like no i just feel like it's a lot more interesting to put subtle hints everywhere and then give payoff for those hints yeah so that when somebody rereads something they can go oh cool i see it now see that's instead what you of get just from, saying uh, everything immediately yeah that's what you get from movies like call me by your name yeah yeah it's like there's a lot of goddamn hints and then they even talk about what were the hints a little bit in the movie so you're like ah yes i thought that was kind of (laughs) gay but yeah but yeah so that is i think i I agree with that yeah i i think it's good for that reason Mm -hmm. Uh, in that sense of especially with david lynch films is there are granted i've still never i never watched or rewatched 
uh, Blue Velvet, and I feel like I probably should have. Oh, yeah, um, I would love to revisit that. Shit, like, even for the podcast, I'd be down to revisit it. We, I think if we start going down the revisit rabbit hole, it's a bad idea. I, I like David Lynch, though. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll just, like, bring it up one day as a segue after rewatching it. Like, so, Reese, I know this one's about uh, Troy or whatever we're watching. It, but, uh, <laughs> Troy? I actually kind of wanted to rewatch <laughs> Troy recently, if I'm being honest. I haven't watched it for, I honestly. I haven't watched it in years. I so, love, like, that's why I'm kind of interested. I love, like, 90% of Brad Pitt's fucking movies. I really do. Yeah. He's just fun to watch. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm definitely going to just, like, segue into it somehow. I'm be like, yes, yeah, it's kind of just like, you know, Blue Velvet, which I just rewatched. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, because that's, oh, I I don't know, like, I kind of feel like now I should have watched Mulholland Drive twice before coming to the podcast. See, that's how I I did, but it's such a long-ass movie, I couldn't. Oh, it's a long movie, but, uh, but no, I just kind of, I was like, I've seen it before, and then I was like, watching it, I was like, I saw it three years ago, I remember much less than I expected. I have never seen this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so I can imagine, maybe a little bit more, you still still seem like, from the things that I'm talking about, of like, what I picked up, you Mm -hmm. still like, you you picked him up as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I'm like, trying to like, focus at this shit, like, probably too hard, and I think that's what I, what my main, like, con of watching a david lynch film is by the end of it i'm just like exhausted from how much i've been paying attention but then you know that david lynch also likes to fuck with his audience too yeah and he will give you unfulfilled um things you know like he did that purely Mm. for the fact to lead you nowhere because his movie is supposed to do that or whatever He, he can be a real mind fuck like no one psychologically fucks with the viewers more than I think David Lynch does. Yeah, no. Not even going to try and think of an example. Because he just does it on purpose. Like, he is just crazy like that. Um, but yeah, like, what did you think about the, uh, what you think about, like, that blue box and the blue key thing? Um, well. And, like, it essentially almost being, like, a void in that one scene. Well, I think the the blue box was just the end of the dream. Yeah. Um, and the blue key was just her subconscious, like... Repurposing that other blue key. Repurposing, yeah, what the blue key to let her know that, you know, the job was done. Mm. Um, it was it was that, like yeah. that. Um, also, a thing I didn't even think about and realize before, at the beginning of the film, mm. he's talking to someone... Um, the to the guy he's the guy he's the the guy the hitman is talking to mm-hmm. in the dream was one of the people in the other car, and was telling him about the kill or uh, telling about the car accident. Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. He, when he goes to the the fucking honestly probably the best scene of the film. You talking about that really horrible inept attempted murder? <laughs> yeah, where he kills like which people, I think is sets off an alarm. Yeah. Which I think is her kind of thinking, like, oh, what if I chose an idiot? She was hoping she did. Yeah, because if in she, a sense, yeah. If she did choose an idiot, then it's probably likely that the girl didn't actually die and that the hit didn't go through because she probably couldn't yeah. live with herself. And in the end, she couldn't if she actually yeah. died. If she actually killed yeah. the person who she loved. 
And then she was sitting there, had this weird fantasy of like, oh, she could show up to me and like, you know, she has no memory of who she is. So then I can just, I can just like, you know, I can make sure she's fine and like I can take care of her and everything will be fine. And I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll mold her into back to who she was when we were together. And you know, you know what that blue key is, right? <clears throat> it was the blue key that, what do you mean? The Go blue on. key, if she finds the blue key, it's his calling card saying that the job was completed. Yeah. So the fact that she found the blue key meant that the person she loved was was dead. Yeah. That the, the hit was carried out successfully. Which Yeah, I get but I think so I I know that that was the case in the real world, but yeah. in terms of her dream Oh, in the dream, no, the blue key was just repurposed yeah. as almost like Oh, a, you're asking what the blue key was in real life? No, that's what the blue key he was said. in real life, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he said to her, like, when you see this, like, you know, that means it's done. I like how much this movie, I mean, it's David Lynch, does, just never holds your hand. Well, what happened is that she asked, because he handed her the, he says, when you see this, you know, you'll find yeah. this. When it's done, you'll find this the place I told you. Mm -hmm. um, and then she asked, what's the key for? Like, what is it to or whatever? And that's when yeah. he just laughs. By the way, did you, that's, that's Lucifer from Supernatural. Yeah, I, I do know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I recognize that uh, the first time I watched it. Yeah, I know. Right? I was like, oh shit, what yeah. the hell? He was in other stuff. He wasn't always <laughs> Satan. <laughs> I, I love that when I see somebody for like the first time in something you know, else <laughs> outside of a role that I know them from, and I'm just like, no, you're, actually, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you're only allowed one job per actor. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're not allowed to do other things because I need to exclusively know you as that guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's always a scumbag though, because <laughs> that's what he always is—just like yeah. evil, bad. <laughs> Can I ask a, a potentially dumb question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things that I never realized till I moved away. So I want to know if it's the same for you. But like, do you ever just like watch these movies that are just always set in LA and just go like, "Fuck, I kind of miss that area." <laughs> oh, of course, all the time. Yeah. I love watching movies in LA. It, it reminds me yeah. of home, and I like it. Yeah, but yeah. it's weird because, like, when you're when we were we were kids, yeah. or at least when I was a kid, like I'd watch those and I'd just be like, "It's just set where I am." Yeah. But I am from here, so that is not weird to me because I'm seeing the things that I know. I just um, liked it. I always liked seeing movies set where I was at. Mm -hmm. So I, I so guess now I you're looking for them. movies that are set in Ohio. I can try and find them. Um. I think the beginning of of that Black Widow movie was set in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still need to try and I think there is a film set in Cardiff. Oh really? I've never seen it. Um, but there is a, a film set in Swansea, oh, yeah. and fuck, does that city never forget about it? <laughs> you know what I want to watch? Um, yeah, I what? don't know where this movie's set, but I've been wanting to watch In Bruges like completely. I don't think I ever watched it entirely. You don't know where it's set? No, where is it set? It's set in Bruges. In Bruges. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just it's very funny. I mean, oh, okay. I didn't know. Anyway. Like, dude, come on. I don't, I don't know these things. <laughs> but yeah, I do want to see that movie again. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, it in a, a long good... time. You've seen it, so how do you not know that, like, that's the whole, like, Dude, one of the I whole plots of the film. I haven't seen it. Is the guy it. hates Brood. I didn't know, because I haven't seen the movie all the way through, and I also haven't seen it in, like, fucking five years or some shit. Oh, okay. It's been a long-ass yeah, time. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I only saw a partial, but um, yeah, I definitely want to see it because I feel like Colin Farrell is a really like underappreciated actor. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he he isn't. He just chooses kind of crap roles sometimes. I, think, I mean, yeah, is the problem. Yeah. Like he he chooses roles where it's like, wow, that was amazing, and then the next role he's in, you're like, so you went with that one as your follow up, okay? Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Total Recall, the remake was horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. It was Colin Farrell too. It's just like, no, I'm sorry. Or um, what other things have we been Shit, in? That, that was not great. The sure fucking he was in he was in the Harry Potter movie, the the American Harry Potter movie, wasn't he? What American that was Harry film. Potter? Potter. Yeah, what's it called again? Fantastic Beasts. That guy. Oh that thing. yeah, yeah yeah. Um, he is an Irish actor, and yeah, apparently oh, he's he's gonna be yeah. in the new Batman. Uh, yeah, he's a penguin, isn't he? Is he penguin? I don't know. Don't spoil it, man. I don't want. No, spoilers. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <clears throat> yeah, he's been in a shit ton. Uh, yeah, like so much shit. Let me take a look and see. What do you uh, What do you think about that? Uh, oh, the lobster! I really want to watch that. I love the. I, lo- I really forgot he's in the lobster. I have not seen that, but I really want to watch it. It's very good. Yeah. It's it's. If you like David Lynch weirdness, you'll like this yes, one. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Let's watch it. All right. Because anyway. he is a strange director, Yorgos Lanthimos. Oh, yeah. He was in Daredevil as Bullseye. That oh, really yeah, he's Bullseye. Movie, like, yeah, like a lot oh, of weird shit man. he's been in. So, again, he does an amazing film, mm-hmm. like The Lobster. Yeah. And then you're, on the other end of his career, you're like, but he did do Daredevil. He was also in so... Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, that was an okay Yorgos Lanthimos film. Yeah, this man's been in been in so much. <laughs> like, uh, Killing a Sacred Deer, I didn't really, ca- I didn't care for as much as the Lobster. I felt like, um, I felt like the problem that I had with Killing a Sacred Deer was like even more prominent. Yeah. In the favorite, mm-hmm. which is his weird style, isn't necessary to tell the story that they're telling. So it's just kind of like there. Yeah. And also they're telling a story. Oh, okay. Like, and it's like, well, maybe we just do a normal film. Yeah. And tell a good story instead of doing whatever the weird thing you're doing, your weird style. Because mm-hmm. it seems to be like getting in the way of just making a very good film because you're focused on making sure, well, we got to make it as weird as we got to make it as weird as we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I definitely do want to watch The Lobster as well. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen, like, like, do you know anything about the plot? Nope. Don't tell me. Okay. I like no, things okay. being fresh. Uh, that, that is another thing, too, that I don't like about spoilers is sometimes um, I feel like it'll ruin my ability to form my own thoughts and opinions on things. Okay. Yeah. Because when I get something out of place from the movie, I feel like I'm not being introduced to it as the story or director intended. So... And I like to try yeah. to get that kind of shot from it. You know what I mean? I mean, I agree to an extent. I think, I think, when it comes to movies, for me anyway, mm-hmm. I I just don't mind if somebody tells me like, oh, and then this 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 happens mm-hmm. because much like a film like Mulholland Drive, where even though I'd seen it already, like there were so many scenes where it just pulled me into the exact moment. Yeah. Yeah, they really was. And then, like, 
I, yeah, just the idea of, like, I wasn't thinking about anything. Like, I was, I love a movie that completely captivates me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this did that on the second watch, even just a scene where it's just a fucking lady on a stage singing. Yeah. Is incredible. But see, that's that's the thing, though. David Lynch might be able to do that, but many other directors cannot. <laughs> Most people can't, yeah. That's a very David... It's it's a very it's a sign of a very talented director. Yes, yeah. I'm not saying he's the only one who can, because he's definitely not the only one who can do that, but I would mm. say most directors of movies don't really even try to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that is, that is insane. Oh, did you... Hold on. Did you know that there's a... This is, like, way off topic, but I think there's yeah, a new Evil on. Dead. Yeah, the TV show, isn't it? No, New Evil Dead movie coming out. New? Yeah. Evil Dead. Film series? Just click on that and see what happens. <laughs> nope, that's the other one. Wikipedia Evil Dead. Yeah, it's called got... Evil Dead Rise. Oh my god. 2022. No. What? I hate it. <laughs> Why? I don't want it. <laughs> oh, let me see. Why don't you want Upcoming it? Upcoming I heard they used a lot of practical effects. Have they already filmed it? I, I have heard that they finished it, yeah. Heard, heard that they Don't finished filming, but it's not out. Development was preceded by the Scrap Life sequel, 2013. I think so it, it's not going to be a sequel to the 2013 one, but a sequel to Army of Darkness. Oh, no. No. Yeah. It says... Film was developed uh, preceded by scrapped plans for a sequel to the 2013 film and for a fourth film in the original series. You know, I really liked the 2013 Evil Dead, but I, I like did it, too. I felt like I kind of missed the the point though of like the originals. Like it was definitely different uh, than the originals. What do you mean by missed the point of the originals? Like the originals is just like goofy, great, gory horror. 2013 was not that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just uh, kind of like your typical so I'd argue, practical effect demon bloody movie. I'd argue that it was that, but for the modern era. Yeah, but it wasn't goofy at all. It wasn't goofy. It, w- it wasn't. It wasn't. Like, it was goofy in kind of a modern horror sense. Like, Do you know in what the modern, feels like yeah. it would be a good spiritual successor to Evil Dead? What? Uh, what's it called? I think it's that movie something and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, Tucker Dale versus Evil. Yeah, yeah. That, movie. that feels like a good spiritual successor to the original Evil Dead. Movie. Yes, I like when that they're movie. like trying to make sure people don't notice like some guys being like inside a fucking wood chipper. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's, <laughs> they're like, that's no, good... everything, everything's fine over here. <laughs> yeah, see, that that feels like more in line with the original Evil Deads. The Evil yeah. Dead 2013 felt like. Oh, by the way, have you played Doom 2013 yet? Or Doom 2016, right. I mean. Oh, um, no. Oh, I just got sure. the game. You gotta, it's been a week, Reese. <laughs> you didn't just get Did it. I t- what do you mean? We were talking when you bought it. <laughs> I didn't purchase it. I got it for free. <laughs> oh, we were talking it when you were downloading, though. Yeah, like, well, I didn't download it uh, because I still need to purchase that fucking SATA cable for, my, for another hard drive. You still have to buy that? Yeah, dude, Yu-Gi-Oh! happens, and I've spent a lot of money on that. The SATA cable's like 10 bucks. It's not pricey. Know, listen, mate, I've spent so much money on Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. I mean, I believe you, but come on. 
I was at a tournament yesterday. Yeah, did you win? Yeah. I won... Two, lost three, had a draw one. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. It was all right, yeah. yeah. I was I was a little sad, but, you know, I was hoping to do a little bit better. <clears throat> I guess some of these uh, guys over there got some real real hefty wallets, huh? They got, no, they had, they had good decks, and my main problem is uh, it's a, uh, the deck that I played with is a good deck. Yeah. But it was my second day playing it. Oh, so okay. I misplayed, like, uh, there was a lot of things that I should have done that I didn't. Yeah, yeah um, misplaying will definitely and then, lead to that. So misplay definitely held me back. Yeah. And then um, and then on top of that, a lot of people were running, like, a, a wide variety of, of decks. Mm -hmm. Which means the main thing when it comes to now is everybody has this, these massive combos they go off on. Yeah. So I'm sitting there as they, like, start their combo, and I'm like, do, where do I stop them? Because I have a card that can stop them, but I don't know if now is when I do I stop them now or do I? Because like sometimes oh, if like you stop the, the right, if you stop stop yeah. at the wrong spot, like if you use a card to negate an effect at one spot, they're like, "That's fine, I can still keep going." Yeah, and it's like, "Well, I didn't want you to keep going. I wanted to know which spot I need to stop you at." Uh huh. But uh, yeah, so it just makes it a little difficult to try and figure out what's going on and where to go. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that know? makes sense. Yeah. Well, there's uh, always next yeah. time. There is always next time. I might do next weekend, but it depends on if I... I haven't done D&D &D in a few weeks now, so... Because my group's just just becoming... I think it's the problem of getting to the holiday season is a lot of people are just busy doing stuff. So mm -hmm. it's hard to ask people to commit weekends to, to like, you know... Because we do long sessions. We do, like, seven or eight hours of D&D. &D. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course. that's To me, that's the, the best way to do it. <laughs> I know people do like four se four hour sessions. I'm like, how do you accomplish anything? We do nothing in four hours. Exactly, you really don't. Like we barely do anything in the eight hours we play. Uh huh. Hey, race. Such is life. Yeah. Let's hold that thought. But uh, anyway, yeah, we can get back to it now. Um. So. Yes, David Lynch. What well, do you do? You want to give your rating out of ten already? Uh, I don't know if I want to do that just yet. Okay. Well, is there a specific things about the po about, about the podcast about the movie <laughs> that you're looking to discuss further? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think there was any significance behind that little blue box? Should we? How about? Are there any questions? <sighs> I think we could pose about the film. Hmm. I mean, I think in a sense the. I don't know. If, I don't think I have any. I'm not. I'm not going to try and think of something about the blue box. I think the blue box was there, as in a sense, like a MacGuffin. Like, you know, they they had to figure out what the blue key went to. But in the end, the plot of the dream is is kind of pointless. Uh -huh. It's 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 not. It's the, the only point of the dream is to give you the strange context to understand the last thirty minutes. Yeah, I think the blue box and the blackness of the hole and all that stuff was almost mm -hmm. like indicative of, of death. Um, like the color blue mm -hmm. in general kind of represents death in the movie. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the key is a symbol of the fact that she was murdered. It's the hitman's uh, mm -hmm. calling card. Uh, the blue yeah. box is kind of the death of the dream. If you look, when she opens up the drawer, when she pulls her gun out to shoot herself in the head, there's a blue box right next to the gun. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't see that. So there's like, 
it, it, I think it's representative of death. I was and kind of I focused think... on the fact that there was like crazy old people screaming at her, and I'd like oh the crazy forgot old that part happened in the film. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, that part was break. Uh... her. That was her guilt. Yeah, finally breaking her down and and yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think another thing that the blue box was kind of representing it was kind of like showing how much she was forcing her fantasy to work like the key was there and she couldn't she needed to make the key something for else. something else other than yeah the, the disappearance of of her loved one or the, the yeah. death the successful killing of her the person she loved yeah yeah and just just because she couldn't have him yeah dude when they started having sex and like making up for the first time i was like oh wow i didn't know she was lesbian <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know. I can't remember if it felt like it came out of left field. It kind of did. I first watched it. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I feel like there's, I don't know. I I don't remember being caught off guard by it, but I also feel like there's definitely a lot of clues in the movie on the second time watching it of seeing like what is leading to what. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, I've only watched it the one time, but I didn't, I didn't see her particularly interested in any, any like female things. At least not sexually. It just seemed because she was supposed to be such an innocent type of person in her fantasy. Mm-hmm. There was nothing obvious about her even being at all sexually interested. It just felt like she was being naive in Hollywood and trying to help out a fellow struggling actress or whatever who yeah. also lost her memory. But that she wasn't like a struggling actress. She was just a, she didn't know who she was. You know? Yeah. She didn't know who she was at all, but it kind of gave me those vibes, you know, I know she yeah. wasn't a struggling actress, but she was just trying to help her out. Yeah. She also like the fact that again, like I said of like, um, and you don't realize it's a laughter word that the fact that she gives her like a a bob cut blonde wig Mm -hmm. is like i said of literally her trying to mold her into what she wants yes so that she can stay this version that she she wants her to be exactly yeah that is that is exactly what that was it was her trying to completely create the the perfect version of of the girl she loved um that she that didn't exist um, yeah, I've heard people say something about like the Camilla Rhodes that the, you know, that the mob forces the director to choose, mm-hmm. um, saying like, oh, that's actually two two pieces of the Camilla that exists in the real world just split into two different characters inside her dream. And you think I don't I don't really feel that too no, much. It, does, it wouldn't make it sense like because push. she's looking at her auditioning and then going, Saw's guys, gotta leave, have to meet a friend. Yeah, she sees that girl as the um the one who gets things unfairly. That's why her name is Camilla yeah. Rhodes, which is the real name yeah. of Rita. Yeah. Um but Rita The movie is gets the a little confusing when it comes to the names. <laughs> what was that? The movie could be a little confusing when it comes to the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean like the the dream Camilla being one half and then the and then Rita being the other half. Yeah. I don't really know if I can 
I don't really know if I feel that too much. Like I don't, I don't okay. think so. I'll be honest. I'm, I don't think I've ever really watched much about the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But th- that's just something that I that I heard or read or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, even I, this like is. It, I think this is the first time I've not like been on IMDb the whole time, being like, "Oh, look at this fun fact." That's true. We really don't need to be like with with this kind of movie. Yeah, it's There's more a lot fun. To chew on in the film. It, yeah, it's more fun to develop our own ideals. These yeah. things, um, and we don't really need to know box office because this like you don't really need to know <laughs> history or anything. Because I just I know yeah. I think I think I said it last week with this. Uh, the film was like the one where David Lynch just sit, sat like on a corner of LA with like a cow next to it, like a fake cow next to him. Oh, was it this one? And he was like, I think so. Jesus, dude. Let me let me look up if I can Google that. I'll look that one up. I'll, that's what I'll try and find. Is David Lynch um, cow? Dude, it's sculpture. fucking snowing right now. It's snowing. Yeah. Yeah, it snowed. We had first snowfall, I would say, like a couple days ago. Um, really? Yeah, I was in my car getting Starbucks, but it was like barely I would anything. Love that. <laughs> right now, it's snowing pretty good. Yeah, it's still too warm, but ah, uh, damn. Um, unfortunately, sorry, it was for Inland Empire. Oh, okay, that's another one I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, it was to help Laura Dern promote promoting Laura Dern for Academy consideration. It wasn't even for the film itself. It's literally just being like Laura Dern should get an Oscar. So I'm gonna <laughs> sit on this corner with a cow and tell you that. Uh, he's great. It's like a mockery of the Oscars really as well. It, it yeah, that's the thing with David Lynch that makes it so much better. Is that that's literally what it is. Yeah, dude, I fucking absolutely love david lynch like i need to watch more behind the scenes or interviews with him because i've only seen the one thing where he's yelling at a child and i want to know more about that yelling at a child yeah he's like yelling at a child how to act like be more sad or whatever he's like yelling <laughs> at a child. he's like being crazy <laughs> yeah i mean that sounds like him so it looks, I'm not shocked. it's so fucking weird like he's directing the child i don't want this to sound like he's abusing he's directing yeah so it's like wow you know it's not like fucking what's his name on the set of terminator you know fucking what the the, the big christian bale blowout <laughs> oh yeah where he fucking screamed to those people yeah, yeah. the light like, that wasn't was it ter- oh yeah it was terminator yeah. yeah it was terminator salvation yeah yeah but weird yeah i know he's he's another one with questionable movies roles <laughs> how dare you he's welsh yeah he's i'm not saying he's a bad never question actor he is a great never actor. question the welsh but uh very questionable roles sometimes no definitely i would love to do the machinist uh on the podcast i mean i've seen the picture of the like famous bit you know where he's fucking on death's door basically by the looks of him I mean, I don't know if I want to watch a whole movie of that. No, dude, it's so good. Like, it's a good movie. I watched it, like, partially when I was a kid a long time ago. Kind of like an Imbruge situation. Um, You know, where it's set in, like, L.A., right? That's where Imbruge is set. But anyway. um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh... It just makes no sense. I just, oh, it's the funniest thing you've said, man. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, dude, it's, uh... I remember that movie being kind of good. I really do want to see it. It's yeah. such a good movie. But... No, it's a good movie. It's good. Yeah. Good time. Anyway, uh, 
Yeah. Did you know that uh, Mulholland Drive is currently the 556th most popular film on IMDb? <laughs> That's very far away from the top. <laughs> it's far away from the top, but it's also like, considering the amount of movies that exist in the world, that's, that's kind of high. <laughs> that's not bad, yeah. I mean, I'm, is Blue Velvet higher? Because uh, Let's find out. <laughs> so far, Ooh. I really, I, I liked Blue Velvet more than Mahalan Drive. Really? Yeah, if I'm going to be honest. Ooh, Blue Velvet's at 1,193. <laughs> Damn. Well, that's, yeah, I hear a lot of people talk a whole lot about like how Mahalan Drive is, is uh lynch's masterpiece or whatever or at least one of them yeah um, i mean the only other one of his movies that i haven't seen that people have told me like is like you have to watch mm-hmm. is inland empire really and that's that's the only other one that i've heard like would probably be in con- like you know in in a in contention yeah for for, uh, for the best, best Lynch film. But to be fair, if we're going to get to the, the ratings bit, maybe, I'd say this is his best one. Well, I would say... how See, that, that kind of puts me off, though. If a lot of people tell me, oh, this Lynch film is the best, I'm probably going to feel the opposite, because I feel like, mm-hmm. like if a lot of people like a Lynch film... Is it really like a good Lynch film? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's almost like what? the weird <laughs> off-puttingness of his films that that people don't like. That's like things uh, that I enjoy. What was it uh, when Gaspar Noé made um, Climax, which is ooh, should I should I recommend Climax? Maybe? Yeah, I've never heard of it. Oh it? fuck! Hmm. <laughs> Damn, I had a, I had a different movie in mind for next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, I spent like the first twenty minutes of the podcast like searching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so climax like it was so high, like well regarded, mm-hmm. and he said that uh, he like Gaspar Noé was like, oh, I, I think it's probably one of my worst films. Then, yeah. And they were like, why? And he was like, because if my films aren't divisive, then I didn't make art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel like a lot of David Lynch films are that they, they should be mm. divisive in a way. They should make people feel kind of like weird about them <laughs> uh, yeah at least most people not everyone obviously i think for those who are willing to sit there and really go over it and enjoy what it is that's the that's the thing yeah. is when i think when it's when it's a lot of a lot of films that have that divisive quality mm-hmm. the divisiveness isn't people going i don't think it's good i think it's you know not that great or it's pretentious or this is this yeah it's mostly you have two sets of people you have person a who was willing to sit there and get given what the film was throwing at them uh-huh. and went cool. And person B was like, I don't get it. That was what everyone's names were different at the end. <laughs> that was confusing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's when a movie's divisive in that sense, it's like, well, did you make art or did you just make something that was confusing? Maybe a little bit harder to swallow for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Like confusing or some shit. Yeah. But yeah, I got to say, like I've watched Eraserhead, I think maybe four or five times. I, I need to watch it again. It's been a while. Um, yeah, but I, I love that movie and I, I don't ever hear people talk a lot about that. The only time I hear that movie mentioned is when people are comparing the little baby fucking fetus thing to like yeah. the little fetus from uh what was it uh 
PT. Dead Rising? No, PT. Oh, PT, the yeah. Baby in the sink. Oh, don't you have a baby in Dead Rising, then, or whatever? Was there a baby in called? Dead Rising? I didn't think there was, no. I think so. Don't you have a baby? And, like, the baby's... I don't know. My roommate played a lot of it. Oh. And he was like... I was like, what's happening? And he was like, listen, I don't have three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just the answer is it's a Kojima game. That's all you need to know. Oh, in PT? And I was like, that's fair. No, no, uh, Dead Rising. Is that the name? Dead Rising is not a Kojima game. It's a, it's a Capcom game, but it's not a... Dead Rising. What's the name with fucking Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus. Yeah, that's uh, Silent Hill. Silent Hills. It's PT. Oh, you're talking yeah, so... about. You're talking about Death Stranding. Death Stranding. That's the name. Of it. Yeah, Death Stranding. Yes. Yeah. So the whole joke was that he ditched, like he got dropped on one project, for he got kicked um... out of of uh what's it called um uh god damn it now i can't remember the people who made well, walking metal gear dead? solid oh yeah um metal gear so, so i don't know but yeah he got kicked <laughs> basically out of that company entirely. he got dropped at one project that involved a freaky fetus and was given a different one yep and liked norman reedus and wanted to continue a story that he liked and he went with that yeah. um i've heard that uh, game also is basically apparently it's just... supposed to be a, a what was it? Is this saying? I think this article is saying that there's going to be a Boondocks three. <laughs> yes, there is. There is. Oh, Didn't we talk about that on the podcast? We talked about Boondocks, but I don't think you said there was going to be another one. Yeah, there's, they're making a third one. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I never even saw the second one. I like the first one a lot. I really do. Yeah. Uh, also, Norman Reedus is dating Diane Kruger. Kruger. Yeah. Like Freddy. <laughs> no. As in the uh the the uh the German actress from uh Inglorious Bastards. Uh let me see. Oh, she's kind of pretty. If you're about to... Hold on. How long has it been since you've seen Inglorious Bastards? Oh, dude, it's been a little while. Why? Oh. Don't want to do that one. No, I've seen that movie a shit ton of times, dude. I know, but it's so good. It is a good movie, but I don't really want to do Okay, I don't mind. Fine. Okay, so I don't mind a Quentin Tarantino movie as long as it's not one yeah. I've seen yet. I haven't seen. That's kind of hard. Brown. Well, I ha- Jackie Brown. I've not seen because I've been told it's not very good. Really, I've heard otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've had a buddy yeah. tell me that Jackie Brown was actually pretty good. But um, I know that the Tarantino camp is basically there. There's there's two two sides of the Tarantino camp. Either Jackie Brown is completely underrated and everyone should like it, or it's hot garbage. <laughs> and I've just been influenced by enough of the hot garbage crowd and then not listen to the people who said, no, it's just really underrated. Let's see here. I'm, I'm looking at his movies real quick. Uh, ones that I haven't seen are, oh, God, that's right. They're making Kill Bill 3, and it's with oh, it, her daughter. Oh, yeah, with fucking Mia. Yeah. Uh, which, now that I think about it, it's kind of weird that her name is Mia. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. I didn't think about that. Because I was that. about to say Mia Wallace, and I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, isn't that her character's name? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, why, why would you want to name your daughter after one of your characters? Right, that is, well, it's a character that I think was she probably might have really resonated with. She resonated with a girl who was married to a violent mobster? <laughs> yeah. And also liked heroin. Or sorry, liked cocaine, accidentally did heroin. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, who wouldn't identify <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so Jackie Brown and... Is that... 
that's all ten. Jackie Brown's the only one I haven't seen. Yep. Wow. Okay then. Jackie Brown's, I think, probably the only one I haven't seen. We might as well just. Finish oh no, that. I haven't. Well, which one? No, let me t- no, you I'm haven't done. seen the Hateful Eight, have you? I um. So I think we no. talked about it. Yeah, you haven't seen the Hateful Eight. I think. I've seen some of it, and didn't really care for what I was seeing. Yeah. And I never finished it. And you've seen Death Proof. A very long when it first came out. <laughs> And I was a very young person who should not have been seeing that movie. Yeah, that is quite young. That's like, you were yeah. like fucking... I, was at, I think it was at like a friend's house. You were so, like yeah. 11 years old, 12 years old at the time, I think? Well, it was, it was, I saw all the posters for it, and I was like, this looks crazy. And I thought it was just like a fun action film. And then um, instead it was, it was like grindcore violence. <laughs> Dude, this right here, this line right here. Okay. Violence is grotesquely ugly, particularly the murder of in Mike's car of a blonde hippie chick played by Rose McGowan and the accident that ends the film's first half preceded by the known foot fetishist directors lingering on bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking article held no fucking punches on that guy yeah jesus jesus christ the known foot fetishist that, yeah. so I, this is just a dumb segue story but i was so i was playing like kind of did you suck on charades. some toes i sucked me? on some toes <laughs> i was playing uh, uh i was playing this like kind of charades mm-hmm. but it's like it's like charades but you can say things you just can't say the word that obviously you're trying to get them to say mm-hmm. um and i was playing with somebody it's this person who i won't get into yeah what like the whole story of that but it's a weird person mm-hmm. and um i hope i'm actually don't know if i should tell the story in case the person finds <laughs> this out somehow but it's fine i'm gonna tell the story because i thought it was weird okay but um yeah so i was like i i grabbed the little piece of paper out of the bag and it says feet uh-huh. <laughs> and i was like i just went oh um for, instead of going the thing at the bottom of your legs yeah i said uh, guys find this really attractive and it's really gross. <laughs> and and the, the girl was like, ah, butts. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I said that it's gross. And she was like, oh, breasts. What? <laughs> and I was like, what? are you okay? <laughs> you think breasts are gross? <laughs> Oh, Christ. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the thing at the very bottom of your body would probably have been the yeah. best. <laughs> probably would have, But it wouldn't have been as telling about their personality. No, it wouldn't have been. So, okay, so this is funny. Remember what you were talking about saying, like, there's two camps of people for Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. So, yeah. in this article, they're rating all of them, you know, from 10 to 1. Um, yeah. They have number 10 as Django Unchained. Which I honestly really enjoy. What was that? What'd you... Why'd you say the Django? Because <laughs> it's funny to say it that way. It's not... <laughs> Nine is the Hateful life. Eight, which again, I, I actually okay. really like Hateful Eight. Seven. I think Django Unchained is a very good film. I don't believe it should be that high. So, well, no, that's low. Ten. Ten is like... Oh, the ten is like, that's the worst? Yeah. Okay, that's like, let's be fair. See, I don't, I don't believe that either. Uh, seven yeah. is Inglorious Bastards, which I think should be like um, at least the top three. Um, 
They have. Do you want me to give my controversial Tarantino opinion right now? Hold on, right hold, here, right now. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Number okay. three, yeah, yeah. which I agree. Yeah. I agree. This should be top three. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was a fantastic movie. Okay. Um, they have number two as Jackie Brown, and the first okay. sentence is, "This is my personal favorite." So remember what you were talking about. Two camps of people. Two camps. There. We gotta watch Jackie Brown, dude. We gotta watch it. We gotta see what camp I belong I mean, in. <laughs> thank thank camp. fuck, it's my fucking go for this week. <laughs> we got, and then we have Pulp Fiction as number one, which you know is literally the because they took one film film studies class. It's the yeah exactly right. It's like the quintessential Quentin Tarantino fucking movie. Yeah, the Quentin Tarantino essential. Exactly, the Quentin essential. <laughs> the Quentin essential. <laughs> All right. So, oh, what's your fuck. controversial opinion? Oh, and Glorious Bastards is the best one. Oh, I, I knew you're. That's it's not controversial. I know a yeah. lot of people who feel that way. Uh, every time I say that to people, people are like, really? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Well, okay, so this is what I'll say. And okay. you take this how you will. I think it's the more common people, the more common moviegoer, mm-hmm. when it comes to Quentin Tarantino movies, prefer Inglorious Bastards. To me, Inglorious Bastards feels more like that. Uh, big exciting roller coaster movie going experience that a lot of modern audiences prefer mm-hmm. so i think that's why it is probably held up as probably one of the more popular first picks when it comes to quentin tarantino movies okay um, I, I think it's a fantastic movie though i'm not saying that that's bad but i think that's why when you have those pretentious quentin tarantino guys who are all like Oh no, it's all about Reservoir Dogs or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like everyone points. To, it, no, I'd be honest. I think I think most people who disagree with me on that say Pulp Fiction. Really? And it, my res- response to that every time is like, there's about an hour of fifteen and fifteen minutes of good movie in Pulp Fiction, and then the rest is Bruce Willis, <laughs> and I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Pulp Fiction, but it's not my favorite. For sure, it is not my favorite out of Quentin Tarantino. Here's the thing: it's I don't actually super mind the movie. There's just certain scenes that don't that either go on for too long or I feel are just fucking pointless. Yeah. Like the scene, most of the scenes with Bruce Willis and his fucking French girlfriend, who's got her fucking uh, what French films have I shown you yet? Oh, you've shown me a couple, but not that much. Okay, because there's there's a reason why some of the things in Pulp Fiction kind of make me uncomfortable. Well, they're actually mentioning it right here, right out or right in out of the French New Wave. Um, they're, yeah. they're actually mentioning French New Wave in this review for so, Pulp Fiction. So Tarantino was pretty open about how much he enjoyed the French. He loved the French New Waves when he first started making movies. Yeah, and so when you think about okay, first off. The thing that pisses me off the most and seems super weird is how much he referred to Uma Thurman as his muse back in the day. And it felt like it was very clear that he wanted to fuck her, but she wouldn't let him. Probably. And he was upset about that. Um, I mean, they're good friends. And (laughs) and then, (laughs) well, that's a whole other thing that I could get into about me not being happy with Uma Thurman. But, um, but... And then, so you have that in the film, and then you have, like, and then he fucking dresses her up in basically 
the exact look of and it's one of the weird things about uh pulp fiction that i also don't like he like if you look up like pictures of uh what is, what's her name anna corinna yeah uh who was married to jean-luc Godard, uh-huh. and like it just felt like he wanted her to be his like anna corinna yeah <laughs> and she just wasn't but then also, when you think about, like, look at Mia Wallace's haircut and the French girl's haircut, the French girl has the exact same fucking haircut. I'm, because he was like, yeah, I want I want a little French girl who has an Anna Karina haircut to be in my movie because I just love French New Wave so much. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a little creepy sometimes when you think about, like, what he's talked about as his influences I mean, and what was in his movies. <laughs> I don't think he hides. He does not hide the fact that he's creepy, dude. Like he, no, he doesn't hide the fact. He is creepy. a really but, creepy fucking dude. Remember what he was talking about with like underage girls like asking for it or some shit? Like he has said some really yeah. fucking creepy gross shit. Like Yeah. So, if we're going to if we're going to get there, this is what I don't what I kind of like I'm confused about the Uma Thurma uh, Uma Thurman bit. Mm-hmm. It's like well, first off, uh she's she's worked with uh uh what's his name mm. Lars von Trier mm. that's always a red flag <laughs> <laughs> um but uh in all seriousness that was just a joke but um in all seriousness like the 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 fact that she came out against like Harvey Weinstein and kind of also like pinned a bit of the blame on on uh quentin tarantino Mm -hmm. for like kind of covering up the shit that weinstein did yeah but then tarantino did once upon a time in hollywood and his daughter's in it Mm -hmm. and and she wasn't like hey i i've literally just been telling everybody that he's kind of a creep yeah maybe don't be in his movie Mm -hmm. and now they're doing kill bill three and they want her to be in the movie and she's not like hey remember the whole crux of the story of how he hid a like an injury that I had because Weinstein told him to. Yeah. And that was fucked up. Maybe don't be on the third version of that movie because I've come out and said how deplorable those actions were. But instead of trying to maybe follow through on those words, I'm letting my daughter just, you know, at the end of the day, her daughter's an adult, so she can make her own decisions. But there's also an element of seems a bit weird that you're super okay with your daughter doing all these things that you come out and said that you're really against. Yeah. But again, I think they're friends and I think she's able to critique him on the level yeah. of a friend. I think that's really how mm-hmm. it, it went down. I don't think she hates the guy. Yeah. Obviously, but that's where it comes down to make decisions yeah. that we don't agree with. Yeah. And yeah. But that's where it comes down to, in my opinion of, well, that's a conversation for you to have with your friend, yeah. not to put in a published article. Yeah, they might have had an argument about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, like. But like, that's the part that I think is. It's probably like Uma. Like what odd the fuck? to me. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it. Yeah. If if I have something, if a friend does something that I disagree with, mm-hmm. I would never think like, oh, you, even if we were like, say, you know, you and I were like, you know, this yeah. podcast actually got more than ten views. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd still be I, I would if you know you did something I'd be like that's not something I'm going to talk about on the podcast but uh, you know let's let's talk about it you and me mm-hmm. I would never be like oh guys let's have a I'll, you know just let's talk about it let's yeah let's let's let everybody know about it like if it's a disagreement amongst friends I mean and again this maybe just comes down to personal 
uh, ideologies, yeah. personal morality. Uh, that's just how I view it. Uh, Reese, so. I would just like to point out uh, episode one of our podcast has uh, 44 views. Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> and Masculine oh, Feminine cool. actually got 32 views. What's our highest view? Uh, I think it's the first episode. Let's go 44. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's 43 is our highest one. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Switch account. But yeah, episode three got pretty Get high. Uh, yeah. Uh, your videos. And then we search by most views. Um, no. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Oh, wait, I think I've actually said this before. You know what the one that has the most views? Which one? Oh, is the You know, which is the one where we where yeah. we say so many things we shouldn't have. I like that one though. I like that. No, I really like that movie. Yeah. But in the podcast, we just talked about a lot about our childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's all right. Yeah, but yeah, that that was a good one. That was a really good one. It was a really good one, but I don't know why it has so many views. I guess, listen, dude, maybe we should start pandering to the Mexican audience or the Spanish-speaking audience. I mean, to be fair, that's a legitimate business strategy. It really is, yeah. I listened to the Tom Segura uh, An Espanol podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand half of everything, <laughs> if that. Yeah. But uh, but it's also good to like hear it all the time. Um I, me and my my friend over here who he also like speaks a bit of Spanish so like we and he listens to it as well yeah to try and like try and you know gain more more knowledge of the language yeah and he he and I both talk about how like uh, when Joey Diaz was on the podcast just that the Cuban accent like yeah we just both were like so we've understood nothing that's been said is <laughs> <laughs> that Cuban accent yeah um, what do you think about them redoing uh, West Side Story. I think it's dumb. <laughs> Why? The movie exists already. If you want to watch West Side Story, go watch it. They're... If you want to see a newer version of it, there's plenty of plays. Well, go watch they're, those. They're making it for, <laughs> you know, a modern audience, man. They, they no, I, d- I don't get that so. argument. I really don't understand. If the movie already exists, mm-hmm. if you want to watch that movie, just go watch it. Just go watch that movie. Like, I don't understand why you need to do that again. But with less hearts, less intent, less less anything really. Like it's just it just I feel like so much gets detracted from the movie when they remake things because the kind of, you know, heart and soul of the movie is gone. Well like Red Letter Media was making fun of the new Ghostbuster film. Which one? And they the were one saying that's Yeah, the one with the kids. It's not come out yet, but they were saying like they can just see like it you know, they could be wrong, but mm. Uh, they can see it going down the route of being like, oh, these these people like like basically like holding high reverence for like every little thing that happened in Ghostbusters and just not not remembering the part where, you know, like Dan Aykroyd and or I think it was just Bill Murray. But like, you know, a few people in the movie uh, to not to name names were so coked out that they don't remember making the movie. Mm-hmm. So like it's a dumb movie full of dumb people doing silly things. Yeah. It's not a movie that we should give a shit about. Like, not in the, in the sense, like, not in the sense of like it's not fun or it's not a well-made movie. It's it's a fun movie. I, I really enjoy Ghostbusters. Yeah. There's just no reason for there to be a sequel where they're gonna sit there and be like, oh, we've got a mission. We've got to do this. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to bring it back for like 
like the kids of today. They're trying to create yeah. another generation of people who like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Cause you know, they, and let's also yeah. put this out there. The, the like, uh, I can guarantee you. I'll put this as my sweeping sweeping declaration for the film. <laughs> that movie is going to make it seem like the idea of being a Ghostbuster is to do good for the world, and not that they were broke in the first movie and needed a business to make money and they just made money that way it was literally just a capitalist scheme they were making money that was all it was <laughs> well i'm gonna go watch it and i'll let you know <laughs> okay but i will probably not watch it so oh really <laughs> <laughs> probably not yeah. it's not really a film that i'm like dying to see yeah yeah but i got, I got like a movie pass so i just go for free to go see it so yeah mm-hmm that's no, uh, yeah. So I'll yeah. definitely do that. Yeah, I think the I I just don't really want to go see movies in theaters these days. Maybe until like the whole super pandemic thing is done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because like that's my thing is like I went when I went to see Dune. I kind of thought about that. Mm. Not to get onto the the pandemic topic, but like I was like, it was like just more people than I wanted to see in a room, mm. and I was just sitting there going. Do I really want like two weeks of isolation for two and a half hours of enjoyment? Yeah, I, I just honestly, I should probably care more than I do, but I'm like so desensitized <laughs> at this point that I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more of like it's just cost benefit kind of things like that. Like like I said, like two two and a half hours of enjoyment for two weeks of self isolation. That sounds pretty shit. Yeah. Do you guys actually have to do that? Yeah. Or is that about you? Do you not have to in, in Ohio? What do you mean? Like, if you have COVID, you can't leave the house for two weeks. Yeah, but why are you going to have to? Are you saying, like, you, you think you're going to get COVID by going to the movies? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, you. That's what I mean. It's like, if I. It, not that I will. Oh, but if it's you that did. If I did, what did I gain from getting it? I gained two, two and a half hours of watching a movie. Yeah. There's plenty of films I can watch in the comfort and safety of my own home yeah, yeah. where that risk of two weeks of self-isolation isn't there. Yeah, it's very true. And also life-altering, uh, yeah. you know, kind of effects happen so the, as well. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, the, like, the risk-reward just seems silly for... And at, at the end of the day, I, I, feel, I feel bad saying that in a sense because obviously <laughs> theaters are hurting pretty bad when it comes to possibly closing... Well, you can and always get like the money their, if making, your theater but... offers a subscription program that lets you get rewards yeah. and go to movies for free every mm-hmm. once a day or whatever. You know, I'm all for that. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, do that if you can, and you don't have to go to the movies every day, and you're still supporting your theater. That's true. That's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. So I do that, and I don't go. Unfortunately, to the movies every I spend day, too much money on uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So yeah. Wait, what was that? <laughs> I said I, I can't do that because I spend too much money on Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh yeah, of course. You got a you got a hundred dollars subscription to Yu-Gi-Oh. Motherfucker, you want to hear some crazy gotcha luck that I got? Hold on, hold on. Before we before we get too far off, um, okay. I think we should just finish up with Quentin Tarantino here. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jackie Brown. I think we should see and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction okay. is garbage. Um, <laughs> it's and, not garbage. It's just no. It's got a lot of stuff in it that's garbage. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hate Pulp Fiction. I definitely enjoy that, it. It's just the scene in the cab. It goes on way too long. Oh, you know, I wanted to tell you my favorite uh, movie from okay. Tarantino yeah. real quick before we move on. Go on. Um, Go on. 
My favorite, and this is my bias because it was actually the first Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen. Okay. Kill Bill, Volume 1. I absolutely love that movie. It just speaks to me on so many levels. It really does. (laughs) So... Have you been buried alive? Is that is that what it speaks to you about? That's in volume two. Oh, is that in volume two? Sorry. Where is it? I, I'm sorry. I haven't seen them in like 10 years. Where is it in volume one? I'm pretty sure it's in volume I... two when she gets buried alive. Yeah, volume one is like she's in a coma. Okay. Volume two, she's in a – she's buried alive in like half the movie she's buried. Uh, and yeah. it's all just flashbacks. That's volume two. Yeah. That Volume two is not nearly as good as volume one. Like – to me, Volume Two is probably the worst Quentin Tarantino. I movie. so I saw them after the I saw them when Volume Two came out. So I watched both at the same time. Oh, so I kind of don't remember which is what. Yeah, because I also have only seen them once. Yeah, well, a very long time ago. Volume One is my out. absolute favorite. It could have ended with and Volume One, and I would have been happy. Every every poster for the blockbuster by my house was just Kill Bill. Yeah, so I was like. Well. <laughs> Is pretty like that's why I feel like that movie is so ingrained in my head is because I used to walk by Blockbuster all the time on my way home. Yeah. And there was there was just like fifty posters for Kill Bill. It was a big uh it was, it was a really a big, big film when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um no, I think what was I think my first Quentin Tarantino film was probably What, Death Proof? I think it was no, I think it was probably you said you watched Death Proof when you were like. I know, but I'm trying to figure out like the timeline of that because Death Proof came after Volume Kill Bill, didn't it? Death Proof came out 2007. Kill Bill came out 2003. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know. And Kill Bill Volume <laughs> Two came out 2004, so it was a year after. Yeah, then they didn't. I know they were back to back because I remember I was confused because the color of the poster changed, but it was the same poster. Yeah, I think it was like red or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first one was yellow, the second one was red, yeah. and I was like, "Do they just feel like changing the color? Like, is this a different <laughs> film? Like, I don't know what's going on." Yeah. Because um, I was like, "What?" I was nine at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I don't. I I mean I feel like. My so my memory of the first Tarantino film that I watched is Pulp Fiction, <clears throat> but I think that's because I think it must have been Death Proof mm-hmm. because I think more of I think more of the case of with with Pulp Fiction why I think that's the one that I saw first is that was when I was like aware that this is a Tarantino film yeah like before I was just like watching a movie that I saw a shit ton of posters for in the Krikorian. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, a movie theater, the in, the theater in the in the hometown that both of us are from. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that that was what like sticks in my brain of that movie is is like Rose McGowan and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, because I you know I was a kid at the time, so I'd watch Charmed. So I was like, I want to see this movie because Rose McGowan's in Charmed, and that that show is a lot of fun. So let's <laughs> go watch this movie. I'm sure it'll be equally as fun. <laughs> um, but no, I, I so I think I think the first one was probably Death Proof, and then the first one was like afterward. The one after that was Pulp Fiction, mm. be, and that was just the point where I knew that who Quentin Tarantino was, that he was a famous director, of which I did not understand like what that meant at the time. I just knew guy is famous for making movie. At that time, he had only made like three or four films. 
Yeah, well, you would have made like f- four. Technically five, but he counts it as four. <laughs> uh, why is it technically no, five? No, five. It would be five. Because uh, he had... He had uh, so he would have done one, Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs, Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, yeah. Kill Bill Volume 1, Volume 2, and Death Proof. Oh, okay. And yeah, he counts yeah, yeah. Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 as the same movie. As the same movie. Well, he... That's why he said that he still has one more. Even though he said that he'll only do 10 movies, he said that he still has one more that he's going to do because he counts Volume 1 and 2 as the same movie. Yeah. I mean, they could have easily been the same movie. Uh... Yeah, it was. Uh, do you remember uh, yourmoviesucks.org? Uh, YMS? The YouTuber. Yeah, YMS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he reviewed Dune, and he was say, he used Kill Bill as like an example of uh, a very long story that rightfully was split in half, mm-hmm. but the first half still felt really complete. Oh, yeah. And like, whereas it, that was his problem with Dune, which, I mean, is... Is essentially like what I think I said last week of my problem with Dune is like I feel like I got a lot of setup and then no, no payoff. payoff. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, uh, the first, like I said, the first one, the first volume one, could have easily just mm-hmm. ended where it ended, and he could yeah. have just called it a movie, and I would have been perfectly yeah. fine with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then just like, nope, we're actually not doing a two or a three. Yeah. That's just where it ends, and I probably would have been fine with that. I like volume one a lot. Yeah. Um. To steer away from Tarantino and go back to the film of the hour. Yes. Because uh, we've still not given scores. I know. We have not given ratings. Do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, you go ahead. I'll give it an eight. Definitely okay. an eight. Like a high eight, though. Like almost a nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any reasons? Any Anything to back that? Or just is that just your flat statement? Um... I guess I guess it's like um there there was nothing about the movie that really excited me, I should say. Really? Like um like a lot of the movie was very like suspenseful I was at the end of my chair, you know. I was really trying to to figure out the puzzle of the movie and like trying to understand the story and follow along. And it was all very good. And at the end, there was a lot. Like I said, I had whiplash when watching the movie. There was a lot of interesting, mm-hmm. good parts. It's a very good movie. Um, but when it comes to watching movies, I, I like a certain level of excitement. For example, um, okay. in Blue Velvet, which is a, like the movie that I really like, that I think is better than this, um, there, there was that level of excitement there, as well as all the mystery and like the, you know, it had all that noir that I liked as well. So I mean, there's a lot of they, they are different movies, but it's still very, it's still very David Lynch that the um, Blue Velvet. Yeah, and so I feel like Blue Velvet had the whiplash thing of like starting off as this kind of sweet teenage noir film. Yeah, it's like kids wanting to be the detectives. Yeah, and then the second he gets to her apartment, it just takes such a turn. Yeah, and you had whiplash there with how, like, all of a sudden, crazy our reality is slowly becoming. Because it went from, like, this mm-hmm. dream state to, like, you know, it's just this dream boy doing this fucking thing for this girl. And all of a sudden, it's becoming almost a nightmare. And, you know, it's it was just yeah. got fucking weird. And you still have whiplash, but not nearly as much as this movie. This movie yeah. perfectly manipulated the viewer. And I think that is... Yeah 
that's why it's so good and it's so great. Um, yeah. But just from like personal preference, it didn't hit me the same way that with that excitement level that I like in my movies. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Blue Velvet a little more. And that's why I kind of rate this as like a high eight, like a high eight. Okay. Maybe on a couple more watches, I'll be like a nine, but it's definitely yeah. a high eight. Um, so the interesting thing and where, where even more interesting off the last thing you just said is I gave this movie when I first watched it an eight Mm -hmm. and now I think it's a nine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I think I, it's definitely a film that, uh, benefits from rewatches, which also increases the score for me because as we've discussed before on the podcast, I like movies that on rewatch reward you. Yeah for for the time Mm -hmm. so and i feel like this movie does quite a lot because there's so much tiny details that you can miss yeah there is there's so much more i want to see like this movie Mm -hmm. makes me want to watch it again a hundred percent yeah uh along with most david lynch movies but (laughs) the uh, problem is this movie i would love to watch this movie again but it's also quite depressing at the very end yeah it gets at the very end it just hits you with like a very depressing plot all of a sudden what was just like a jovial little like jaunt through la turns into like one of the most depressing films i've ever seen can can i just say that that body that they found of you know her oh yeah that looked like that was well done yeah it looked really realistic i was like oh my god and they do such a great like job with the horror yeah of even with like the uh like the homeless lady yeah we're like you don't really get to see what she looks like again like even in the last shot of the film where they're coming in she's so it's so dark Mm. you can kind of you it's you can't make out what she really looks like again not in the way that you could when it was broad daylight yeah in the other scene and like when you first see her face you're taking so much in and it just stays on screen for just that perfect amount of time Mm -hmm. where you can like kind of understand everything that's happening on her face yeah and then it's gone and then you're like no no no, go go back like you you want to see it because you want to understand the horror of what you just saw Mm -hmm. but but the horrifying part is that you can't yeah it's gone now like that that horror is gone and you you're left with just the thought in your mind of like what did i just see yeah and you're left with knowing that that thing's there yeah but you can't do anything about it (laughs) and i I think it's the same for kind of like the dead body yeah yeah Um, definitely also now that i'm thinking about it it makes more sense like in her dream Mm. why um uh, why why rita is more affected by it because she wants her to be like to feel bad like it's her fault Mm -hmm. so she should be more upset yeah because it's her fault that 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 she did this she doesn't she's not taking the like the responsibility for anything yeah she wants to feel like rita should feel bad for this yeah yeah. Or Camilla. The fact that she is dreaming about uh, that dead body, that uh, mm-hmm. because that, that is like the, I think that's the first hint that um, uh, Betty, or as her name actually is Diane, has mm. thought about killing herself. I think it's a hint at that, that she has thought about. It. And later on, she, you know, does just that in the same exact position and everything. That's where I don't, I don't know. Because I don't, because I, I, there's a part of me that thinks, that doesn't, can't tell whether or not the dream happened and then she woke up, or if 
Oh no, okay, no, so because there is a time time jump there because she sees that. So yeah, no, um, yeah, so never mind, never mind. Yeah, the, you know what I'm saying. The dream I just, happened, and then she I woke put up. some pieces together. Yeah. yeah, the dream happened, then she woke up, then we flash back to a few days before, then we cut forward to yes, um, to the suicide. when she hires the hitman because in the first scene when she wakes up, the key is already on her table. Yeah, so exactly. We, she woke up, flashback, brings up to date, then she kills herself. Yes, exactly. That's how exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty freaking but, sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's the thing is it's it's quite a, like it's really misleading because it just becomes really depressing all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like wow, that's a fucked up movie, uh, but yeah. it's like really good. <laughs> but then on rewatch, like I'm watching it the whole time, and like it's just taken two hours mm-hmm. of me being like, it's gonna get sad soon. <laughs> you know, speaking of the length, this is again mm-hmm. another movie. Really good pacing. I didn't feel that yeah, long. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic pacing. I did not feel the length of this film. Yeah. Um, and again, I think a, a big hats off to it is I was, even on a second watch, even the diner scene, mm-hmm. I like stopped what I was doing and I was just like so drawn into the screen. Which which diner scene? There's multiple. Uh, the, the one with where it's the like guy and his therapist. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. I told you that is my favorite so scene in one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, you know we didn't mention much about her rehearsal scene. What did you think about that? Um, Not rehearsal. I'm sorry, I, her audition scene. Yeah, I thought it was it was really good, really well done. Yeah, and should have been on my first watch. The obvious, like, where this is her dream fantasy. Yeah, like this is her thinking, like, what she should have done. Like, oh, if I had done this, they would have casted me. But what was weird? Then, like, what was weird about that scene, though? I, I, the the director, the elusive so, talent or yeah. director, yeah. But then it later in the scene, we hear that like the director is apparently a hack, and he's not like the movie's never gonna get made. And then like it's just it's just constantly her coming up with reasons why she didn't get exactly. the part, why this didn't happen, yeah. like. So, you know, it's not that she didn't do the part really well. It was that this guy is a hack and he's a wash. And that's why he didn't, she didn't get the part. And, and like, you know, even if she did, like in her mind, she's like, well, what, even if I did my best, my best performance ever, he was still an idiot. He still wouldn't have seen it. Everyone else in the room saw it, and but it, he didn't see and it. And that part ended up going to Camilla. Yeah. yeah. And that's how they met. As, as we, yeah, as we find out now yeah. in the real world is that 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 actually movie did go off the ground but in her head she's like no it's because he was just an idiot like I, no somebody somebody probably would have told me that he was an idiot you know yeah yeah it's fucking crazy um but i i hear people talk about that scene a whole lot and how it kind of uh, mm-hmm. ch- uh it's again another one of those uh scenes in the movie where it kind of plays with our expectations because up until that point we even see a different version of that uh what's it called audition when she's mm-hmm. doing it in the kitchen with Rita. Yeah. And it plays out completely differently. And then we finally see it, and all of a sudden, we're like, wow, what? this is not at all like the woman yeah. we've been watching. What I think actually happened, what like the probably real-world version of what happened, mm-hmm. is she played it the way she did in the kitchen. And now she's thinking back to like when she was in the scene... And the other actor was like, oh, I try to just, like, play off what the other actor's doing. Yeah, because he reacts, yeah. Yeah. And she didn't. She stuck to the rigid kind of thing that she had practiced. And now in her head, she's like, oh, well, what if I had gone with, like, the flow, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and now she's realizing like and but in her head she wants to play out like oh how i would have blown them all away if i did that yeah and i think that scene was really powerful i think it really did (laughs) blow us away to be honest yeah i was shocked and like wow that's that's an intense fucking scene yeah (laughs) like super intense for such a small intimate viewing too like yeah wow but um yeah, I thought that was. Really I do really cool. like Naomi Watts. She's a really good actor. Yeah, like surprisingly so. You know, how's it surprising? Because you don't see her very much. Where people are like, "Yeah, this is a good movie." I feel like she plays a lot of sad roles where she's like crying or some shit, but never like she does, she does cry a lot in the movies. That I mean, the two movies that I can think of off the top of my head that she's in that I really like yeah. are this and Funny Games. So, oh, she's in Funny Games. That's it. Oh, she's in Funny Games. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's another one I haven't seen yet. But um, That's a good one. Yeah, no, this one, though, I'm impressed with her acting. It was spot on. Yeah. I'm imp- Spot on, good sound. I'm impressed with everyone's acting, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nearly Cause it, every... Because everybody does a good job of doing the David Lynchy kind of dream thing. See, that's And also say, yeah. being super serious. And, like, they... Be- the, the thing that's impressive with and like where you see why David Lynch is so like keeps using the same actors yeah. is because you have to have an actor who's good at acting, mm-hmm. who's good at acting bad at acting, <laughs> who's good at acting like they're a dream world person, mm-hmm. who's good at just like standing in a room while someone is, you know, doing a strange uh, liberal arts interpretive dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> and keep a straight face the whole time. I'm sorry. That's really funny, though. But, like, that's the kind of range that you need to be in a David Lynch film. See, that's why I like David Lynch, too, as a director, is that this guy, he really knows what he wants. Yeah. And he will get it out of the actors. You know, and I think that that says a lot about him as a director. I think the fact that he yeah. can get these performances because not everyone can utilize these actors to this degree. No, and so that's why I feel like this actress is forgotten about a lot of times. You know, um, mm. in terms of casting or in anything else. You know, uh, but Lynch was obviously able to get and utilize the full talents of these actors, and it's just so impressive. Yeah. So, um, I think we're probably going to have to end here because we're, we're, we're two and a half hours in now. Granted, there was a little bit of a, a break that nobody's aware of. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, pretty sure that's that 20 minutes. We're probably still uh, pretty decent over. Um, so, is there any final things you want to say about the movie? Or um, are you good? If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Yes, it's, it's, if you haven't watched it, I'm sure that everything we just said makes no sense. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, shit. Oh, oh, actually, there is one more thing I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I made this joke to my wife, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the most obscure Halloween costume ever would be going as the cowboy to, like, a Halloween party. <laughs> just going up to everyone and just being like, if you see me, when you see me, if you see me once more, you did, you did good. good. If you see me, if you did bad, you'll see me twice. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking, just say that to like everybody the whole cryptic bullshit disappearing reappear- the cowboy was the funniest scene and the director was just like what the fuck is going on man like this is <laughs> weird like that's why the director guy adam he was like my favorite character because he's the only one yeah he felt like he played the audience as a character like we're all just kind yeah. of the director in the beginning until we start to realize shit <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's, it's the part that I think is the weirdest on the second rewatch is obviously like you do side with the, the kind of director on the first watch. Yeah. But on the second one, because you realize obviously how much she, she kind of doesn't like him yeah. because she feels like he's stolen her girlfriend. Yeah. Like it seems strange that he's painted in such a Likeable like light. good and bad light. Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously there's the, uh, you know, him getting beaten up by his, his, uh, wife's lover yeah. that she like wants and like fantasizes in her head there's the fact that he is also an adulterer and so has no leg to stand on that she fantasizes but really he is kind of the straight man in the whole thing who's just kind of sitting there going what's happening i don't know what's going on <laughs> i almost think that she might have liked him as well like the way and so painted him in a little bit favorable like, yeah like i think right? she wanted his affection too yeah. as much as you know she also kind of wanted uh, Camilla's affection, so like, yeah. it was just like interesting. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's such a, it's such a, yeah, it's such a good movie because it's just the fact that it just changes complete direction and shows you what everything that you were watching meant at the very last second. It's just it, it's why I like this movie so much. Yeah. When you mentioned it and you were like, oh, have you seen it before? I was like, it's fine that I've seen it before. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was great. But even time. then, like I, when I finished the movie, I was like, I kind of forgot how great this movie is. It's fucking nuts. You great. forgot a lot about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I would love to go um, as the cowboy for one year. <laughs> you should do that. Get your Carhartt and your fucking red bandana. I got to get and a, like a 10 gallon hat. hat. Yeah. All right, man. So and you're good to go. What's your suggestion? Oh, so the next film will be uh, uh, Clio from 5 to 7, or uh, Clio de 5 à 7. Ah. So, we're doing French, huh? We're doing French New Wave, baby! <laughs> Alright, here we go. I'm putting that. I don't know if that'll work. Can you can you just yeah, type that's, in... Yeah, that's basically it. Can you just type in the French so that I can put that <laughs> into search later on? <laughs> There you go. Okay, Cleo de five a seven. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Cleo de five a seven. Yep. <laughs> D five a seven. Yep. There we go. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. That's. I think that's it for this episode. Um, yeah. 